Hey, before we start the show, I wanted to let you know that we were testing out a new mic setup for this episode, and we had a little trouble with Matt's feed for the first half. Also, you're going to learn why we call Warren Darth Vader now. Apologies for the problems, and we'll do better next time. Okay, on with the show. Welcome to the Cool Shift Podcast, dedicated to beer lovers, home brewers, and professionals alike, with your hosts, Warren, the Professor Wilson, and Matt, Zigmeister Ziegler. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to grab a beer and chill on the Cool Shift. So, uh, you know, we're going to start this a little bit different because I don't know if you can pick up this music or not, but I think we should start off with this. Can we play music? <laughs> yeah, we can play music, can't we? <laughs> I you know, I, I just got fucking evil eyes. I could feel the daggers looking in the back of my head from the producer here. You, you, can, pl- you can probably play it for about 10, 15 seconds without anybody claiming copyright infringement. <laughs> Can you hear that? Okay, oh, once this, it hits 10 seconds, we're going to pause it, talk for no, a couple this, seconds, and then start wait, it back. No, this, is, this, is, uh, this is okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the cool ship. <laughs> oh, man, I just got my drink on. We're sitting here having a good time. Mm-hmm. It's been a while, Matt. Welcome. Yes, I'm going to turn this shit off in a second, so... Um, yeah, it's interrupting me. Yeah, it was just getting good too. Yeah. So, welcome back to the cool ship. Today is a special, uh, a little special event. We don't have a crowd of people here. I feel more comfortable talking into the microphones. We have a new setup, which is yeah, this is top notch. This is this is a uh, high quality shit. Um, I feel like a professional. Sitting yep, here and we got a lot of great beer to go through today. I just. It's one of those shitty days. It's rainy. It's cold. It's the beginning of December. Could you fucking believe it's fucking December 1st already? Warm as anything. Fucking bullshit. The brewing season hasn't even happened yet. No. Should have happened two months ago. Yeah, it happened two months ago last year. What the fuck? Excuse my language. They said in Belgium that that all the guys that do the the spontaneous fermentation, their brewing season is very short this year. It's been truncated because it's been just too warm. They can't. Cool yeah. their cool ships at night. They can't brew, so they're like, "Well, yeah, we don't know how we're going to stay in business doing this." Yeah, no, no yeah. that's working. scary. It's fucking scary. One of those years. Yeah, just uh, an anomaly, I guess. You know, we had Katrina, and then we had fucking Sandy, and now we have elongated fucking summer. So, like, <laughs> yeah, different, a little different, but, different, but <laughs> kind of the same. But anyway, um, we're back. It's December first, obviously. <laughs> Obviously, we know. <laughs> it's all good, right? You, you're, okay, you can just leave good. that shit anywhere, Carl. Yeah. It doesn't really make a difference. We're just going to keep talking. You can break your fridge. <laughs> it's all good. Um, yeah, so today we were we were contemplating on having a November show. Sorry, we didn't have a November show. Regardless, this is a special day for us. I think this December 1st is our celebration for Christmas. 
Well, uh, we're also kind of doing a big, broad category. We're not really sticking to one type of beer. This right. Time. So we got a lot. We got, we can have a lot to talk about. And yeah, we're doing we're doing winter warmers. So it's not one style of beer. It's kind of a generalization of certain beer styles that you go through in the winter. And you've been so, waiting to say that all night, haven't you? I've been waiting. You're biting your tongue. I'm like, I'm yeah, saving what I have for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. I'm sorry to throw you off. You're right on the money, man. I mean, it's it's uh, it's a hard thing to nail down. This winter warmer, you can have anything from a heavy pale ale to the spiciest, excuse my language, piece of shit, heavy alcohol content garbage uh, on the market. And uh, unfortunately, um, I'm not a big spiced fan, but uh, I know some of you are, and that might turn you off. But it is what it is, man. I, I speak the truth. Do you like spice tales? There's some that I like. There are others that I don't. Yeah. It's just like with anything, you got to hit the right levels and. I guess find you know good. spices in the saison for me is yeah. is right on par. I guess you know I'm, I'm not a big nutmeg fan. Let's just put it that way. I don't. Well, but at like the same nutmeg, time, you know. if you put nutmeg in the right proportions with other spices in there, it kind of works. If you're throwing it out too heavy on some stuff, it's not going to really fit there for you. Nah, nutmeg okay, just in the end. I don't really care about you. <laughs> <laughs> so getting back to the winter warmer, Matt, you were saying that this is like a. Well, it comes. You know, any examples of what you like to 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 make during this time of year, or anything that you would say well, I, that doesn't just, call itself a winter warmer would fit well, into I, this I, winter what warmer. What I just like about winter warmers in general is I'm a big malt beer fan. Okay, and winter warmers are nothing but malty beers. Okay, you got two sides of them. Does right that there. does that mean like malty as in not really balanced with the hops, or malt forward as malt, in like more malt forward? I mean, not, they're definitely not really balanced with hops, but it's. You're almost looking at it from from two two angles. It's they're they're balanced or, or little heavier than whatever else you're putting in there with it. So you have your spiced beers and you have your English old ales, English strong ales. That's yeah. really the two categories that really seem to fit with the winter warmer category. And I guess uh, the the English old ale is just. Well, the English uh, Old Ale is a English is a strong ale. It's, it's a hopped beer with right, malt, right. whereas your spiced beers tend to not have too much hops. You're really accenting the spices. Okay. So for an English ale, you're accenting a little bit of hops in the background with a lot of malt, and the other one have the spices on the side. So it's really it's malt forward, and then you're also doing half 50-50 with spices or with hops, and that's kind of where it kind of comes through. But it's really a big malt forward type of beer. Got you. Yeah. So it's it's almost the opposite end of portraying what we do with IPAs. We We try to accentuate... Those hot flavors coming through the uh, the beer as opposed mm-hmm. to the malt, and now we're on the flip end of that, which kind of makes sense. In the summertime, you kind of want to portray those. You gonna, it's kind of refreshing to have those hot flavors come through. You want some hot flavors, yeah. you want some of those tropical right. fruit flavors, and also on the other side, you want a lighter, easy drinking beer. Uh, uh, yeah, a lighter yeah. malty side to it. Um, pills and malt, or yeah. base pale ale, or whatever base pale malt, or maybe even a light uh, Maris Otter, even though Maris Otter is a, a heavier base malt. And wheat, obviously. Now, um, in proportion, if you look at this, and on the flip side, during the wintertime, everyone's looking to bear down and hibernate and get cozy in front of a fire and and, um, get your drink on. And with these bigger beers, and shouldn't say they're all that big, but for the most part, they're all bigger, um, you kind of want to get your alcohol content from, (coughs) excuse me, (laughs) a little agita. From the malt, you know, um, and so the hops are there. This is definitely not sweet and cloying. No, this beer is definitely not sweet and cloying, and I can see that the balance is there. But I'm also getting a lot. Okay, so 
I'm, I'm getting a lot of coffee from this as yeah, well. So we're drinking right now, just to start the whole show off, with a uh, Great Divide Brewing Company's Hibernation Ale. Mm-hmm. It's an English-style old ale. They don't call it a winter warmer, um, but it fits right into that winter warmer category. Well, I mean, if you look at the picture, hibernation, there's a guy on skis. Yeah. And I mean, they're, they're going for that winter season. Yeah. This is probably one of their winter seasons. Good for them for not yeah. calling it a winter warmer. I mean, that term, I guess, is relatively it's new to this. But yeah. It's a very broad category. When it's a new term. Looking, yeah. Right? An old ale is an old term. Yeah. They want to know what they're really going for. Am I right. going for a Belgian quad? Am I going right. for, you know, an English old ale? This really kind of pinpoints it so you know the flavors that you're looking at. Right, right, right. This was actually bottled on October 27th, so before Halloween. Not too long, not too old. No, it's um, not. It's very good. And by the way, the term old doesn't mean necessarily that it's old. It just means strong or I don't know what it means. I guess the traditional, the traditional old ales were older. Mixed. Well, no, they, were, yeah. they would, they would take something that was like a year old and they would uh, right. mix it with a, a young beer. With a young beer. Mm-hmm. Yep. A, uh, the term stale comes to mind. Yeah, when you're talking about that. Yeah, they were right. kind of like interchangeable at the time. Yeah, yeah. stale and old. Um, they would mix for porters exactly. They would take yeah. a you know three, I guess they called three pence, or three pennies or whatever it was, mm-hmm. and they would take one third this, one third that, and one third this other, and one of those three was an old ale or a stale ale, a young beer and something that's been or, yeah. you know new. So that's how the porter English came. Version about. of a lambic. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would I would say yep. Uh, yeah, that, that that's a pretty good description of it. Only without the funk. Well, yeah, but it's the English version of it. Yep. So I guess that's. Yeah. I guess you're saying that the lambics are funky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying. So if you go out to um, if, to the liquor store and look at you know anything that's high in alcohol content, it doesn't have to be any with anything from between above five all the way up through ten percent. Yeah. Um, could be considered a winter warmer. That is a category that we're talking about. We're not talking about a specific style tonight. We're talking about a category, which is why tonight is so special um, and why we get to imbibe a little bit more on <laughs> many different types of... But we do this for you guys. Yeah, and we do this for you. You know, I almost feel like a judge in a BJCP judge because when, when they're judging the specialty category, it could range from anything from like a, a light... Pale ale that has been put on uh, licorice, all the way up through like a barley wine that has been used with hickory wood chips. You know, yeah. so they have the gamut of you're, of you're, range. You're just hitting a few key points here, and right. then anything else. Anything goes. Yeah. Malty. <laughs> uh, maybe it's got some spices in it. Its alcohol percentage is a little bit over usual, and there you go. Right. <laughs> right. So. Darker than Budweiser. Yes. Good to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the color is slightly darker than Budweiser. It's got this tawny, amberish, brown. So is there some advantage to the time of year that you're brewing these big beers? Is it Was it just a big <clears> beer <throat> brewed because people wanted to while away the winter drunk? Or well, was I'm it sure, because I'm there, sure was, there was a bit because, you know, the higher alcohol gives you that warmth. Get, you know, yeah. it's nice to sit there during the cold days and drink something yeah. that warms you up. But at the same time, you know, uh, fermentation of these styles of beers definitely benefit from a cooler fermentation. Right, that's kind of um, what I was thinking. Yeah. Was so wondering. my, my uh, it, you know, the harvest, maybe the the wheat, or, or sorry, the malts were available then. I'm, I wasn't sure yeah. if there were reasons for like that. I mean, there, that very well could be. You have more malt coming through, you can use more for it. The colder temperatures for a little cooler fermentation to help with the alcohol, higher alcohol percentage, keep the yeast going through those higher alcohols. Yeah, I mean, uh, with without any proof of where this came from. Uh, the romantic version would be just that 
finding out that, you know, the harvest just came through. So we have an overabundance of hops. We have an overabundance of malt. It's getting cold outside. So there's really nothing for us monks to do but to brew. So let's brew the biggest goddamn beer we can fucking brew. I mean, you'd have to and waste the away, away of, you know? Of a bunch of different. Days are shorter, nights are beer, longer. Yeah. yeah. How do we get through the night? Let's just make a beer and get drunk and pass out. So that's our goal. And that's what they do. I mean, I mean, that's a romantic style. I don't think there's been any kind of historical research done of where these flavors come from. I think it's just the historical side of beer and what happens when they brew. I mean, I, I, I haven't seen any. I don't know. And that's where we're getting at. So that's a good point, Carl. Uh, so I'll read a little bit about this hibernation ale. It's, it's, it was their celebration, Celebrate Winter. Started in 1995, 20 years ago. Yeah, that's when they started brewing this one. And they got some pretty damn good awards for this. It's a dry hopped ale. Uh, malt richness balanced with complex hop profile and heady warming character. I'm not really getting that warmth. There's some in there. There's definitely a little bit of alcohol hint to the beer. But right. it's not it's not like it's not huge. It's not like I'm drinking a triple where I get that warmth no. right away or or a quad even. And but I'm honestly not, with I mean, I'm not gonna say only eight point seven percent, but that's up there. No, it's up it's, there. It's up but there. Definitely if up you can there. ferment a, a good beer at an alcohol percent around that, you really don't expect to get too much alcohol burn on it. Yep. So uh, they, they describe this as being malty and robust. And it, I'm getting both. <laughs> and kudos to them. It received a gold medal in 97 uh, in the Great American. And this is the Great American Beer Festival, the GABF, which... Matt, I hope someday to be uh, to have you represented, even though you were already, but for your own brewery to be yeah. represented there. I think that would Thank be you. fucking awesome. Good luck with that. Um, the silver medal in 2006 and then another silver medal in 2003. I don't know why they did that order. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. It probably upsets you. It does because I'm a little OCD. <laughs> but, uh, you know, obviously this beer is a good beer. Great Divide does make a good beer. and um, this this fits right in there, and I would drink this. I would actually seek this out in the, in the liquor store. I've been trying to discern this over the last couple of months with these new onset of breweries coming into mm-hmm. town. What kind of beer would I go to the liquor store to buy? And from the breweries that are around, um, I would try them, mm-hmm. but I don't think I would go back and try to seek them. Well, the, way, <clears throat> the way I kind of judge it when I... Have beers. I right. have a whole Excel spreadsheet of all the beers that I've tried. Right. And I judge it through a 1 through 10 sort of category. And it's, will I have one beer of this? And will I have one beer and recommend it to a friend? Right. Will I have a six-pack and recommend it to a friend? Will I always keep it in my fridge? Will I um, go out and make sure it's always in my fridge? Mm-hmm. And then this is the best beer I've ever had before in my life. Those are the kind of going up the category. How many, how many of the best beers have you ever had in your life I've are there? I've actually never hit a 10. Yeah, so. Never hit a 10. Yet. Good luck with but that. But I've definitely had ones that I've always wanted to keep <clears throat> and I could keep in my fridge and I haven't been able to because they're usually the harder ones to find. But so I, I, I've, I made, I've, I've had a few nines. Not even a night to end all dawns or whatever the heck that was. That's well, I still have one bottle left in my fridge. Right, of that that one. was the best beer you ever had, I thought. It well, was a gold medal winner, wasn't it? It was a gold medal winner and... <laughs> Surprisingly, I didn't give that one a 10, but if I, if I could, I would keep that in my fridge all the time. That could be your uh, winter warmer. That could be my winter Oh, right. Could be, yeah. <laughs> it fits into that category. <laughs> it does definitely fit into that category. Um, yeah, I, for me, a 10 is very difficult to come by. I mean, I've had great beer. I've had really good beer. I've, I've stu- stood in line to receive a beer. Uh, don't know if it's a 10. I don't a 10 think- to me, it doesn't have to... Uh, it can't just be a 
you know what? Right now, this is the best beer for me. It's the whenever I feel like I want a beer, whether it be in the middle of summer, in the middle of winter, right. just hanging out with the friends. Right. Right. If I'm going to go and I'm going to say, you know what, that's the beer I'm going to go for, that to me is a 10. So and, this, and I haven't really hit that yet. So let's <laughs> let's broaden that a little bit. Okay. Instead, of being, instead of being specific to a beer, what about a style? What about like a winter warmer? If you were saying, okay, so this winter warmer style is my go-to. Mm-hmm. I can have a winter warmer in the middle of summer, fall, spring, and winter. It doesn't have to be winter. For me, there's one style category that does all that. Okay. And that's Hefeweizen. I can have really? a Hefeweizen any time of year and be ecstatic about it. That and probably Stout. Those are the two other. Those are the two beers that I I'd can agree drink. with you on the Stout. Yep, the Hefeweizen would be a Bach. <clears throat> Bach can be a little cloyingly sweet. I've had good Bach. Doppelbachs, before. I feel, can be cloyingly yes, sweet. Yes, but you know, a regular Bach to me, I can drink. See, I, I'm, not, I'm not a big, huge fan of Bach, but I do like the Doppelbach. I like um, Iinger's Doppelbach, mm. and I like. Um, uh, let's see other one. The the Aventinas. Aventinas, yeah. thank you. Yeah, those are the two that I like the best. But I can't drink them all the time, and I can't drink them on a hot summer day. But I can drink a stout. I could drink a Hefeweizen mm-hmm. in the middle of winter. I could drink a stout, no problem. I could drink a Hefeweizen. For me, those two beers, like a Hefeweizen that's a little bit stronger than a regular Hefeweizen in the summertime, is my winter warmer. Okay. I don't know why. It just it's something that's hey. it does it for yeah. me. It just does it for me. So. What about you? Your styles? Any styles that you like? Well, definitely, you know, stouts, box are up there for me. Um, the box style uh, has a lot of diversity within it. I think, you know, I love Weissen box. I love Doppel box. I love regular box. Um, if I can brew them for the brewery and have some space for it, I definitely will. And maybe I'll make it so that Bach becomes on your list at one point when I finally brew them over at the brewery. Right, right. Uh, but definitely stouts. I love stouts. Um, Hoppy beers uh, get in there, but more when it's hop forward, not necessarily bitterness. Oh, I hear you. Um, because really, uh, like heavy IPAs, when the bitterness really comes through to me, you know, it, it's great on certain occasions, but it's not necessarily an all-around sort of beer. Every day, yeah. you can't do it every day. A, a flavorful yeah. IPA to me, you know, I can I can drink that regularly. I'll go to a place I'm looking around, it's like, oh, you don't have anything, you know? Throw me a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Throw mm-hmm. me a Cane IPA or something, because it's not. Heavy bitterness, but it's got a lot of flavor to it. Right, right. Um, what else? Uh, even like the like a Kolsch. To me, a Kolsch. The that lager type cleanness to it, but still a little bit of malt flavor there in the background. Very easy drinking. I might not be able to drink that all throughout the winter or something like that, but still. For me, yeah. um, Kolsches are great springtime and summer yeah. beers. And I can drink them all in that in those areas, but when the fall comes Once it around, it's a little bit cooler, and I want some more flavor. Too. I want some more depth a little bit more depth, a little bit higher alcohol, a yeah. little bit more chewiness. And you know, it's funny. You should ask yourselves, what the hell are they guys? Why are they talking about the beers? Because really, if you like a beer in the winter, and it's, it gets you to a point where you like to be, the category of winter warmers is so great. It could be, it could fit right in there, and you can have a winter warmer. Like for me, a Hefeweizen could be my winter warmer. If it had, a, you know, a six percent alcohol content, why not? It fits into that category. Yeah. You know, it's got spiced in it, so we haven't even gotten to that point. Um, winter warmers in general um, are, you know, heavier in alcohol content and more malty forward from your 
from European countries. And when we get into the U.S., just as of late, winter warmer was a designation that I think was U.S. brought on, you know. Um, I'm just getting back into the computer. It was more, it was more not necessarily winter warmer, <clears throat> but the winter ale style. Winter ale style, what you would Christmas drink. Christmas ale, the, right. the, the, the holiday ale, the... The idea that you're putting in, um, like you have your pumpkin spice beer, now you have your winter spice. Right, right. They needed to have a seasonal release for every brewery to drum up interest. Exactly. They wanted another paycheck coming around Christmas time and they had to throw something else out there. Well, you know, the the old breweries that were in Belgium have been doing Christmas ales for a very, very long time. They've been putting out quads mm. um, for a very long time. Uh, what is it? Uh, the De Noel. Um, yeah. from Delirium. Mm-hmm. That's been out for years before this whole winter warmer designation came about. Um, doubles, triples, they've all been out for like special occasions, and that's celebration ales. So Sierra Nevada came out with a celebration ale back in the 90s. I would say probably late 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of put that kind of marker on the map. The um, uh, I almost feel like with because during the warmer months, you have like, let's say you're a wine person, you have like mold wines. Yep. You know, or ciders, mold ciders. You have that heated up, you have a spiced. Um, Something sort of that warms the cockles cider. of your heart. I almost feel like a spiced beer comes from that for the winter type months. You know, you have this spiced sort of alcoholic beverage. It's not necessarily a wine or a cider, but now you have a beer. And you're pulling those same general type spices into it. And it kind of fits across the categories of, you know, what everything is. Sure. So that could, that might be, you know, where your winter spices or your fall spices came from for a fall spice beer. It just kind of pulled through from that whole general idea of throwing in spices from that. Absolutely. Yeah. But you know what? Um, we have a regular, we have a regular one here. Let's, uh, Do you want to go to uh, like an uh, an easy one where people can get to? I mean, we have. Yeah, let's take let's take a quick. I think we take a break here, um, and then we'll come back and we'll try a couple of the spiced versions of the winter. Wait, what? What, what do you say? A break? Sound effect machines. I'm looking for something here. Oh my god! The human sound effect machine <laughs> yeah. here. Hang on, oh, hang on. Can I find it on YouTube? Yes, I need I need that human that human touch here. Oh wait, 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 we gotta get continue this. So um I'm looking for something. Okay. Calm your hormones. I'm just gonna Jesus. A little bit of beer. I'm just gonna sit back and listen to this. I'm gonna sip that and listen to this great <laughs> Uh oh. Come on, Hal. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Warren. Well, I'm, I'm glad we waited on that one. Uh, we'll be back. So in case you didn't get Warren's thing, it was because it was cold in space <laughs> that they were drinking winter warmers. What the fuck? <laughs>
some porn up here. What are we doing? Our food? <laughs> you fucking put that song on again. Oh no, this is this is Space Odyssey now. Was it was the same before? <laughs> Warren's got a space odyssey. He's got a, how, got a Hal 9000 up his ass right now for some reason. Hard on for space odyssey. You guys suck. It's okay. <laughs> Warren's like, I miss Stanley Kubrick so fucking much. That son of a bitch should have never died. <laughs> Alright boys, count in whenever you want. I'll get you the fireside chat. This is this I'm is gonna keep you moving along because there's a lot of fucking beer in there. Yeah, there's a ton of beer here, so Okay. You should be splitting these beers. You probably shouldn't be drinking a full <laughs> beer each time. Mm, I might have to carry Warren home. <laughs> Are you gonna drive him home? You're gonna be too I'm about fine. carrying him home. I'm not driving him. I'm a big boy. Drag drag you. Alright. My legs are gonna hurt. Okay. And I guess we're gonna go. Well, welcome back. Now we got our uh, we got our drink on for sure. Mm-hmm. I might be s- 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 stuttering at the end of the show. Um, so our next our next beer, since we started talking about the spiced ales, is our Harpoon Winter Warmer. Now they just came out and called it a Winter Warmer. Yeah, no specific style on here. Nope. But this is definitely a. Oh, he's still in the background music. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting. I want to hear uh, all all talk and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Okay, well, uh, anyway. I'm gonna so he said Stanley Kubrick, so I had to put on The Shining, you know? Okay. Well, they, I think they throw out the winter warmer name on here because they really don't know what style of beer this is. It's a I mean, spice it's, ale. It's a spice ale. That's all it is. They're not going to come out and just call it a spice ale and stick it in the winter warmer category. They're just going to throw it. Right into nope, and they don't give you much information. It just says that it uses cinnamon and nutmeg. My favorite spice. Alcohol is only 5.9, which is a nice little change of pace. Hey, uh, Warren, that music our- really fucking annoying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was the shining music, so... Um, yeah. Yeah, cinnamon, nutmeg, and that's pretty much it. They say, enjoy this classic holiday beer. Okay. Yeah. So Harpoon Winter Warmer sits at five point nine percent, and let's uh, let's give it a try. I mean, up front, I and mean, it just has spice. smells of spice. That's all it is. Is all, and it's color wise, I would say, a nice ruby to brownish. Yeah, like almost amber. a dark oh. amber. Garnet. Like, garnet is a good 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 description. Matt pulling out the 10 cent words here. <laughs> yeah. Wow, look at that garnet. Well, I did a project in ninth grade on garnet, so I'm pretty sure I know the color. <laughs> Shit, ninth grade was about 45 years ago for me. How the hell do you remember that? 45 years ago? No. <laughs> but long ago. Far away. It's about 30 years ago for him, though. <laughs> Fuck you, Carl. Carl. The base, yeah, the base of this beer. To hell, to what the hell you tell? Oh, I'm old. I just had my ten year reunion. Did you? Yeah. I just had like my twenty something college reunion. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm talking high school. Yeah, <laughs> we know we're talking about high school. You fucking young piece of shit. Uh, okay. Only kidding. Okay, let's. You know I love you, Matt. Deep down inside, I have a bro love for you. Actually, speaking of Matt, you got to give a brewery update. You got to do that until the place opens. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Well, we. uh... Not my favorite beer, man. Yeah, I'm going to keep drinking this here, and then I'll give you an update on the beer as we go along. But I'll give you an update on the brewery. I'm sorry, um, but this beer is just... Ugh. It's okay. Is it? anyway, Cinnamon I'll, nutmeg. I'll update it later. Um, the 
Brewery's definitely moving along. We have uh, we've scraped all the, uh, scraped the paint off the wall in the tasting room area, so we've exposed the nice brick again. Um, we have cleaned up the whole ceiling area. The beams were all crusty and dirty, and the trusses and everything. Um, from the fact that there was a detail shop and a car, auto, body, whatever, before that. So we've cleaned all that off and we painted the trusses all black. Um, we've just got our demolition permits in and hopefully within the next, uh, well, by the end of this week, we'll be saw cutting the floor and hopefully next week we'll be actually ripping out a good section of the floor, about 2,500 square feet of the floor will be coming up so we can re-pour that down sloped to trench drains. Uh, in the meantime, while I'm waiting, for all this to come on, I'm still at the brewery seven days a week, uh, so I'm making my tap handles, making my drink trays, uh, building the tables that are going to go into the uh, tasting room area, uh, and occasionally go back over to my parents' farm, help them out a little bit, but uh, not as much as previously because I'm really concentrating on getting this brewery stuff up and running. So and your parents are like, yeah, gee, thanks a lot for the money that we loaned you for the Yeah, brewery. pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> See you later, mom and dad. <laughs> like, oh, hey, can you can you spend some time this weekend building fence for us? It's like, no, I've got to make eight batches of beer for the holidays, and I'm like, yeah, I guess you do. <laughs> so that could be yeah, spent are, worse. Yeah, things are things are moving forward though. Um, you know, it's a little slower than I'd like it to be at the moment, but it is in the positive direction, so it's all very good. Very good. Uh, so what do you think of that harpoon? So on the harpoon side, the beer itself is very clean. Um, a little malt to there, but very little at all. The only thing that's really coming forward, it, it, it gives a little bit of body to the beer, really not much flavor um, from any, it's all spice. Spice is what's giving this flavor and, and any life to this beer at all. It's mainly cinnamon and nutmeg. I mean, that's, yeah. that's mainly what's oh, coming That's all through. you're getting from it. The... It's cinnamon and nutmeg with a little bit of body and... It's got water. more cinnamon than nutmeg for sure, but it's it's definitely got, you know, it's got body. No, it's got body. You're, you're selling it short, I think. The, the beer is a solid beer. It's made solidly. You said that. I know yeah. you did. Um, it's got a nice color to it. Um, but there isn't, there isn't much malt heaviness. It's not chewy. No, you, it's not... It, no, but, you're, you're, not yeah. you're not tasting the malt. No. You're not. And, you know, they come right out and say you, tell, tell you that it's just... Touch of cinnamon and nutmeg to achieve distinct seasonal flavor. But to me, I would think that would be a malty beer with a little hint of, <sighs> hint of spice in the backbone to this. This is a spiced beer. The that's only is, thing yeah. you're going to taste from this is spice. Yeah, that's it. You're gonna come. It's gonna come forward. You're gonna have the cinnamon. You're gonna have the nutmeg, and I'm, then maybe after two or three of them, it'll hit you because it's five and five point eight. Have you ever had um, one of those purple gumdrops? No. The spice gumdrops. Have you ever gotten the spice gumdrops? There's a purple spice gumdrop that tastes just like this beer. Yeah, I, I remember that. My mom used to get me those cheap ass gumdrops for for uh, no, Easter. Now, <laughs> now there's there's really nothing wrong he with. He had it. a pinch. Did you have a pinch? Yeah. But now taste that little pinch right there, and tell me it doesn't taste like a purple gumdrop. I mean, it's just it's got this distinct spice flavor well, from cinnamon. And you know, purple gumdrops have cinnamon. They also yeah. have other flavors in them. But it's like a cinnamon grape and nutmeg flavor that comes out in this purple gumdrop. And he's nodding his head. Yep. I'm not and old it, enough to taste and, purple gumdrops. 
but that's that's what this beer is. It's a purple gum drop. Child of the seventies to know the purple gum drop. <laughs> yep. Okay, they yep. sold them in Shoprite by the pound. Okay, yep, yep. and in they were bulk. cheap. And they were cheap. God damn it. <laughs> yep, yep. It's one of those things where you know you want a McDonald's, but your mom said you could, she could make a better McDonald's hamburger, and you go home and get this big, huge burger. It looks like a meatball. And leaves two grease spots on bread that you had to put it on instead of a bun, you know? No, I'm just kidding. No. There was a comedy skit that did that. I'm looking for something here, and I can't Why find are you it. Up online? Are you looking for more sound effects? No, 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 no. I'm looking for um, purple gumdrops. Um, looking for purple gumdrops. So anyway, the Harpoon Winter Warmer. It's got a really nice... Um, I have to say, of all the harpoons that I've had, I like this potentially the most. Really? Yeah. I f- not to hate on beers, and I don't like giving beers negative commentary, but when I usually have Harpoon, I think of that beer style a little bit more watery. And this, to me, hits on a spiced beer. Right. It's got some body to it. It's got a solid spiced character, and you're hitting on those flavors that are coming through. One of the things... so. So I'm getting the cinnamon as I'm drinking a lot of it. It's like almost drinking, it's almost like eating uh, an apple pie and getting a bunch of cinnamon in the apple pie and not really mm-hmm. tasting the apples. Yeah. Sort of like when you're drinking a beer, you're tasting the cinnamon and you're not really tasting the beer. It's a solid beer. There's no off flavors to it. But for me, when I'm tasting spice in beer, there's an off flavor mm. associated flavor that, like, that shouldn't be there. It's kind of playing with my mind. Brewing for so long, trying to keep that stuff out of my beer, brewing with spices and overdoing the spices, like yeah. in this case, kind of throws me off. It's like making a graph. So a graph is a cider and a beer mixed together. And so you make a hard cider, you make a, uh, a, a nice stout or some other beer and mix a 50-50 version. Now, for those of you that have just started brewing, when you start brewing beer, and you drink your beer young, there's an off flavor called acetaldehyde, and it's a green apple flavor. And that green apple flavor is a very prominent flavor in beer that's young. And when you're drinking it, you can pick it out with no problem. So imagine this, a solid beer, a solid cider mixed together, and you're drinking it. The first thing out of your mind is it's got acetaldehyde in it. When you're mixing those two together. Yep. So I can't get over that graph version of a graph because graphs are really nice if you do it right. But it just always reminds me of something flawed in the beer. And that's what you I'm getting out of this. No, you no, no, no. Back, you got to relax. You got to enjoy it. You know, <laughs> here's the thing about beer. Beer, is, you, beer is very forgiving. And when you're drinking beer, it's going to get you to the place that you want to get to. <laughs> no matter what the flavor it is. <laughs> So no matter how hard I dig on beer, it's still a beer, and beer will get me to There's where I want to be. There's somehow Homer Simpsonism in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> like here, my reliable friend. <laughs> you always take me to where I need to be. My duff beer. Mmm. <laughs> or fud beer. beer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fud beer, yeah. I am so smart. SMRT, I am so smart. All right, so our next one on the line here, and uh, so we're done with we're done with our harpoon. Now we're moving on to our next. It's also a uh, a spiced winter ale. I wish we had some cheese. Yeah, every one of these would go fantastic with cheese. I would like to clean my palate with some saltines and cheese. Okay, so we're on we're on to our next. Uh, no, you're not. You got to finish that first. Okay, you know I'm going right. to read this thing and then we're going to move on with that. Okay. All right. 
Um, so we're on, on to the next is from 21st Amendment Brewing. I really like this brewery. I've had a few of their beers before, and honestly, one of their beers are um, Heller High Water Melon. Heller High Water Melon. Have you had, had that, that one once? Yeah, it's funky. My, my cousin loves it. Yeah. Um, I've had it once. Um, it's okay. My favorite though from them is their Black IPA, Back in Black. Oh my goodness, that's probably one of my favorite Black. He's playing the shiny. He's playing the shiny. You're such a child. <laughs> Red rum, red rum, Mrs. Torrance. You know, we're gonna be hearing the freaking shot and all. That <laughs> but Twenty uh, First Amendment, their their black IP is probably one of my favorite beers. So um, we 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 kind of did like okay, so yeah. we kind of did like the uh, October early. We skipped November, so I gotta get Halloween in there somehow. Okay, yeah, you can keep the red rum. So we got, uh, from 21st Amendment, we got Fireside Chat. It's a spice winter ale. Uh, sits around 7.9% alcohol. Uh, it just describes itself as an ale with spices added. Not much else of a description to it. Uh, but let's crack it open. Wait. There's a very heavy significance in the name Fireside Chat. It's not just a play on words. There's a very heavy significance to the 21st Amendment. Do you know what it is? Yes. Well, yes. No, FDR, you see it, right? no it's FDR is the is. I mean, he's on the damn label of the freaking beer. Is he? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he is. He's okay. sitting there next to the fireside, <laughs> having a chat. Fire, with you. A so, could you tell me what he called his talks on the radio? The fireside the chat. Fireside chat. Yep, he was the first president to use the radio as a heavy media. Yeah. So, kudos to twenty uh, first amendment. Pull yeah. all that in together. That's pretty. They do neat. a lot with uh, yeah. you know political stuff. With Holy, that shit beers. is dark. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it is pretty damn dark. So that ain't no garnet. No, this ain't no garnet. That's for sure. I wasn't really listening to what you were saying or reading. So tell me a little bit about this. Okay. Well, let's. Uh, well, pretty much all I was saying was I really like Twenty First Amendment, and then we kind of went into this. Oh, you guys went to like the hell or high water melon. Yeah, we were talking a little bit about that. But we got a we got a spiced wi- spiced winter ale. They don't really talk too much about the base beer. They just say it's a spiced winter ale. So, yeah, you can look at me while you pour your beer. Oh, I'm so fancy. No, no that's just a sign that I'm going to get, like, wasted. <laughs> oh, I'm so fancy with my I'm beer. so fancy. you got to drive me home. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so 45 you're, IBUs. You're, sm- you're smelling this, Carl. What are your first thoughts on It already on begins. And everything coming this just right over Warren. Well, yeah, because, you know, Carl's sitting there. He's mouthing words over to us right now. Okay. <laughs> I'm the last person you should ask about that's fine. judging beer. <laughs> See, that's what everyone thinks. That's bullshit. Everybody has a palate. Everybody's got, smell, a palate. Everybody's smell, got an opinion. That's I why s- beers does so well, because everyone's more, got an opinion. I smell more roast in this than, than the others. No, there's a lot of roast coming through on this. You can get that right off the nose. Roasty, toasty, right off the nose there. And, you know, the funny thing is, is that... I'm not pulling spices up right off. I'm the, not. I'm not, not either. Harpoon, I'm, harpoon. No, harpoons right was off a, the bat. This, they call it a winter ale with, sp- with hint of spices. <laughs> this they call the spice ale. I'm getting much more off harpoon than I'm getting off this. This I'm pulling. The I'm getting more roasted. Yeah. Off the malt than I'm getting on anything. I'm also. I'm almost getting like a, uh, a yeast off. Well, not an off flavor, but a yeast. A yeast scent. No, to me this is more like malt dust. Like roasty malt dust. It's very hard to uh, smell through that freaking cinnamon nutmeg bomb. 
You gotta get by, cat. Yeah, you gotta get past the line. No, I am. <laughs> um, I'm not taking away from Harpoon. Harpoon does a really good job, and I like their beer. And I think it's, you know, I think it's a gateway. I think Harpoon could be a gateway for people that don't oh, know. Good. Yeah, absolutely. You know, oh, this is awesome. Boy. Yeah, this is this is very cinnamony yeah. and nutmeggy. Whereas this fireside chat's coming through like a beer. Like uh, an authentic beer with spice in it. No, no, I, I definitely have, you know, there's a, there's a place in my heart for those beers that pull people in to craft beer from macro, macro beer that is just the stepping stone. Wow, that's strange. That is. The flavor of this beer is definitely different. That's throwing me for a loop. It is. I'm trying, while I was talking, I'm trying to figure out what base <laughs> beer this is, and I I don't know what's going on here. There's roast. There's <laughs> there's everything. there's like a prune, whatever you smell that kind of prune. Stone fruit, smell. yeah. yeah. De- like the, sto- yeah, stone fruit. I guess that's what it's called. Molassesy stone fruit. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is strange. It's a question wrapped in an enigma. <laughs> See, this is this is what I love about craft beer is like when when people do it right, they do it with that. I don't even know what. What the hell is that in there? Whenever I drink like, a beer, the first thing that pops into my head is. What recipe can I put together to make something like that? I don't fucking know. Right. This one, I have no fucking clue. So I love about beer. Like, you, you'd be like... <laughs> I can't even tell you where to start. There, there's someone who's like, oh, yeah, okay, they're going with the base of generally this, a little bit of that. I'm not even getting plus spice. Plus some on the side, plus maybe a little bit of roast, but a pinch of it, and some maybe some chocolate malt or something. Throwing it with some general side. This, I don't know. A little bit of tobacco coming through on it. There's so many different... This is... This is a complex beer. <laughs> it is. It's a heavy, complex beer. Not heavy, but heavy in complexity, whatever that is. It's 7.9% we'll alcohol. Right? Like, what have you done Did you already say this? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've talked about that. We can talk about it again. Demographics are... Uh, I mean, if people are drinking along with us, then... They 45 IBUs, man. That's, that's crazy. Mm. But, you know, it's well-balanced. There's nothing cloyingly sweet. There's nothing too hoppy about it. There's a smokiness. There's a smokiness, but there's smoked malt in it. I don't know if there's smoked malt. No, there's got to be smoked malt. No, 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 no. I'm not getting smoked. I'm getting. Drink it again. There's smoked malt in this. I'm not getting smoked malt. He's hallucinating. There's smoked malt in this. He's hallucinating. I'm not hallucinating. I'm not hallucinating. He's weird. If he says smoked malt one more time, I'm going to hang up the phone. There's smoked malt in this. <laughs> I'm not getting smoked malt. Okay, well you're gonna keep drinking. This is smoked malt. I'm getting astringency. There is. There's definitely black malt in this. I'm getting Bamberg smoked beer in this. There is smoked malt. So, Twenty First Amendment, if you're listening to this, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. And please <laughs> tell me if there's smoked malt in this. Give us an email. You can email us at homebrew underscore univ at gmail.com zig and zigmeister yeah. it's a lot easier so some people <laughs> so some people describe certain phenolic off flavors yep. as smoke mm-hmm. i'm not saying there's an off flavor in this but i'm just saying no, that there's I, some there's some phenolics that there, there are like, phenolics coming like through smoke, in this you're getting, but, you're getting are you the hammer carl i think you're the hammer that hit the nail right on the head there's phenolics in here there's no off flavors of this there's smoke he's imagining coming. smoke I'm telling you right now. That's the yeast character. Maybe it could be this yeast character. That, that it's the, the yeast they use is thrown off that uh, a phenolic that the... Because Warren said, I think I'm getting some yeast flavor out of it. To my dying breath, I will tell you that there is smoked malt in this. So even if 21st Amendment <laughs> says there is, there is smoked malt in this batch. 
I'll be on my deathbed whispering it to my great grandfather. You should see the sweat beads coming off of Matt's forehead right now. Fireside chat. What the fuck are you talking about, great granddad? <laughs> yeah, because your 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 great grandkids are gonna call you great granddad. They're gonna be classy, <laughs> German like. <laughs> great granddad, can you tell us a story about the fireside chats, please? There, end of story. No, I could see where you're going with that, Matt. And there, there may as well be smoke. There, there might be smoke malt in it, but I don't, I don't get it. I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting spice. Now I could smell the spice. After being blown yeah. away by the cinnamon and nutmeg and harpoons, I'm getting spiced in fireside chat. But this one has a hint of spices. It's a beer with, with a, a hint, hint of, of spices. spices. The other harpoon said it was that. But it was spice forward. It was spices with a hint of beer in the background. Totally opposite. What a great polarization. But what I mean, a great idea yeah. to put these two beers together. Kudos to Carl for putting that together. Yeah, and I didn't, honestly, we didn't even, we pulled them right out of it. Yeah, no, no, I know that. I know that. You guys Carl, did you're wonderful. Well planned. You're Carl, a you're a genius. We, we, I picked the two beers that said spice on them, and I said, you should try these. <laughs> okay. Down, Carl. This is genius. He, Carl said specifically, do the harpoon first, and then try the fireside chat. And I said, "Okay, let's do it. Let's do it." And 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 Matt's like already drinking his first harpoon. I was already down the hatch before we even got to the desk. Oh, please, no. Excuse me. That was you. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> no, I mean, I would drink this again. Absolutely. Would you recommend this to a friend? Yes, I would. How about the harpoon? Yeah. Me too. Yeah, I would. I think now, I wouldn't be a keeper in my fridge, but I'd recommend a six pack to a friend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, owning a, a homebrew store, um, I like to get the gateways in. There are a lot of people that come through my door that want to have a gateway. They they tell me they don't like IPAs. They don't like IPAs. I bring them back. I, they have that mango IPA on mm. the draft. They try that. Like, like, I love IPAs. I love IPAs. Yeah, yeah. it's it's totally true. Like that that mango IPA just does something to people it's amazing even though that's still a little clingly sweet it's amazing to see the turnaround all these women that come into this store they hate ipas i can't stand ipas try this one not even that when people come to me and say oh i hate beer it's like that's because you haven't had one yet or you haven't had the right one you haven't had a good one yet or a properly made beer yet yeah what do you mean you don't like beer well i can't stand budweiser What? Get out of my face. Yeah. No, please, come back and try it. <laughs> what did you just say? Budweiser? That's water and corn. You haven't had a beer yet. <laughs> hey, I'm going gonna, uh, gonna to let you guys do one more spiced beer. Okay. Then. Hang on. Oh, can can you pronounce that? Wait, wait. Pronounce that right for Garst. No, please, please. Tell us no, what beer, tell us what be beer we're going to be drinking. Yeah, you're going to be drinking Christmas ale from Schlafly from St. Louis Brewery. I have Close no idea. Close. Yeah, we'll, we'll give you. We'll give you. We'll give you an eight point five on Schlafly. 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 Ah, Schlafly. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's almost spiced. It's almost like you're laughing. Schlafly laughing. He's Schlafly laughing. We talk about this all the time. Back in the summertime, when Matt and I were fishing in the Muskinekong River, this huge river that runs through Hackistown, yeah, it's huge. huge. Yeah, it's yeah, absolutely massive. enormous. You have to fjord it. Yep, you have to. Yeah, you definitely have to fjord it. Fjord it. Yep. Fjord it. Fjord it. Jesus Christ. Fjords, yeah, Norway. Fjords okay. are in Norway. <laughs> there are no fjords in Hackistown, New Jersey. Yes, there are. They're right behind the Kmart. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh shit, that's not a Kmart anymore. That's Lowe's. Oh goodness. Okay. All right, we're gonna have to bleep that out now too, because we just gave a plug to fucking Kmart. It's okay. I just did it again. It's okay. It's okay. They need, they need help. Carl's like, you motherfucker, you're making my job harder. <laughs> they need help. Um, Schlafly. So Schlafly. This, this is actually one of the ones I picked up in the uh, in the store earlier today, mainly because I love Schlafly's culture. And he likes to say that he picked it up. Whatever. Got to got to got to be doing that, bro. <laughs> I love Matt. It's okay. Um, their their Kolsch is great, and I thought, you know what? Let's try something else that they got. They got a Christmas sale there, and it's specifically did you, did you park right in release. front of my store? And that what? Did you park right in front of my store? Yeah, I did. He always does. You son of a bitch! It's the last spot. I can have the back of the Jeep exposed to everyone that's passing through the area. Zigmeister. Yeah. Oh, anything for Matt. It's great advertisement. <laughs> How come you don't have a goddamn tire cover that says Homebrew University? Oh, wait, that's not your store. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just busting on it. I don't have stickers either. I put one on my car. You but, know, uh, I need a growler. I need a grunt with your sticker on it so I can compete with uh, the other one that's up there. Grog tag? The one you stuck a sticker on? Grunt other, is such a great side. name for something. Oh, them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm continuing. Anyway, I picked this up because it specifically said special release on the top. And whenever something says special release, it has a little place in my heart that I said, ooh, I need to get that quick. You know you know what's special about my relationship with Matt Zett? And, 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 and for Carl, too. And for anyone that really knows Matt, that is really friends with Matt, say so you could be like, Matt, just go out there and get some beer, and Matt will bring you back a variety of really kick-ass fucking beer. But I'll bring back too much. Yeah, so... <laughs> hey, Matt, go get a six-pack. But it's not too much, because you know... <laughs> Why'd you bring two yeah, cases? Yeah, back? he comes back and I got too much. I'm like, holy fuck, what the hell? Are we gonna drink all that tonight? It's like, nope, half it's or more more than half is going in my fridge at home. Well early earlier this week or no last week, I brought a six pack over to a friend's house. And every time I bring a six pack over, they're like, uh you never bring over a six pack. You always bring over a mixed six pack. So I think that was the issue today, is yeah. Oh, you bring it over a case. You never bring over a case. Yeah, you bring like, over oh, like to mix of two cases. Yeah, no, a couple beers. Oh, okay. I'll bring back a mixed six pack of six packs. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to bring a case and a half a beer back with me. But anyway, Schlafly Christmas Ale. It's a special release. Uh, St. Louis Brewing Company. Eight uh, percent. Doesn't have any description on there. Yeah. Uh, special release Christmas Ale Limited. Uh, uh, limited time, new for a few months. Uh, Schlafly Christmas Ale is a warming winter ale that blends the spices of the season with sweet caramel malt. So I'm looking forward to this here. Let's see. Okay. My guess on the fireside chat. Smoke going malt. back. Smoke malt. Smoke malt, but also Belgian a Belgian yeast. Really? I wasn't getting some Belgian. Maybe peppers. Another one before Little can, peppers. Belgian yeast. That's what's throwing off the smoke flavor. That's it. Mm, That's it. No. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, moving on, we're on okay, Schlafly. Schlafly. Mm-hmm. Schlafly is awesome. And I'm, I like pouring my beer and looking at Matt as I pour it in my cup. And the re- the only reason I do that is so he can look Awkwardly at me, look away, and be like, "What the fuck's going on? What the hell's he? Got? What the hell's he doing? Is he hitting on me? No, I'm not hitting him." In. So anyway, this guy's weird. This guy's weird. If he looks at me one more time, I'm out of here. No, anyway, so he read the Christmas ale, so he didn't describe the label. On the label, there is a picture of Schlafly. What's that flower? That is a um, 
Oh my god, Poinsettia. my mom's gonna kill me. Poinsettia. Poinsettia. So he didn't describe the picture, did he? No. no. So it is a poinsettia on which signifies what? Christmas. Christmas. No, that I'm I'm just fucked up. So no. Um Spaceballs. Um, yes, space balls. This is spice. You could smell the spices right off the nose on that. Oh, I'm getting cardamom. Yep. Chris could probably get cardamom. <laughs> That's a shout out to our friend Chris. <laughs> if you're listening. If you're one of the 20 people that download our yeah. podcast. <laughs> Please be one of 20. <laughs> Please. No, um, it's good. Yeah. I didn't know Schlafly's been around for 25 years. Mm-hmm. Holy Jesus. They're old. They are. All right, Warren, so why is this beer, which is very spice-forward, why do you prefer it over the Harpoon, which was very spice-forward? No nutmeg. Or if they're using nutmeg, it's a very small amount of nutmeg. Cardamom doesn't really do it for me either, but... I this can get one. away with cardamom. It's more rounded than sharp. And you know, for me, nutmeg is acrid. I would, I'd put this generally on the same level as harpoon, but above it. The spice flavors are more rounded, but it definitely is spice forward oh, or yeah. beer forward. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. This Fireside Chat was beer forward. Yeah. No doubt about it. The two harpoon and a Schlafly, I would say definitely spice forward. Schlafly is a little bit more rounded. Mm-hmm. Harpoon is very upfront with their spice, and they should be proud of that. They should. Oh yeah, they're owning. Sell it. that. They're owning it. They're saying it's a warming winter ale that blends the spices of the season, and I think it does. It right I, I think it blends this, well. This is blending spices into it. It's not lingering like like I'm still lingering with One harpoon. Isn't hitting over the other crazy. Right. This is layered pretty nicely, and yeah, it works. I think it works too. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay, so we got we got our three spice beers in here: uh, Schlafly, Fireside Chat, and Harpoon. Um, are you playing? I'll tell you which one takes the cake. Which one? This one. He <laughs> listened to the Fireside Chat. About spanking. About brewing. Okay, so Warren is listening to the fireside chat right now. That was the best one I think that took the cake. This, this, yeah, this no, I agree. I think the spice of, of the spice ones that we've had, fireside this one, chat yeah. hits it. Yeah. You know, and I, I wouldn't turn my nose to any of the other two. No, I wouldn't either. I'd drink mm. them. I'd have a six pack of them. In right. the, you know, I'd go through them. Good beers. Absolutely. Cheers to that, and we'll be back in a couple. Yeah. Perfect was that though. <laughs> They've had decline in the winter months.
for the first time in five long years during Prohibition. I just can't get over your freaking your soundbite fetish. Yeah. <laughs> so, Warren, I, I thought for somebody like you that listening to a Democrat would actually... I thought for somebody like you that actually listening to a de- Democrat would like make you self-destruct. Well... <laughs> kind of get that, right? Yeah, but he's got... See, Democrats back then were more like Republicans. <laughs> yeah, you know, the New Deal is such a Republican idea. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it was the only thing that would work during some kind of a depression. Yeah. Sort of like what we're in now. <laughs> mm. No, that's just how you feel when you wake <laughs> up in the morning. No, uh, I'm not this depressed. This is my life. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I wake up and I kiss my lucky stars every day. Uh, Dude, in what job do you get to drink beer every day? Brewer. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> <Yep>. Bartender. <laughs> Homebrew shop owner. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> Best job ever. <laughs> Longevity might not be that long, but. All right, what do we got here, boys? I don't know. I'm okay. still drinking the other. Yeah, oh, you're still geez. finishing up your. Oh, you want me your... To... Oh, that's uh, Spice Dale. That's the. Do you want me to rinse your glasses? No. Okay, so Warren's finishing up that. <laughs> I'm done. We are moving on. We're gonna jump, uh, jump countries over here. We've been doing English American for a little while. Uh, Thank you, Warren. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> we are now moving to the Belgian category. So we got a Coors and Dunk Christmas Ale. It is just described as a dark ale. In about six different languages, it just says dark ale. Still <laughs> Thank you, Art. <laughs> um, there is no other description other than dark ale re-fermented in bottle. Um, thank you, Belgium, for your deep, deep descriptions. Uh, we have a got lost in translation. Yeah, 8.1% alcohol, Coors and Dunk Christmas Ale, uh, Belgian quality. <laughs> That's yours, bud. <laughs> Hang on. Ready? Is- Shh. I don't know if you can hear that. That's okay. This is... Uh, Dark. Dark. Yeah, nice, it's got some ruby clear, tints. Good, good, nice clarity. Dark ruby tints. Yeah. We are eating cheese and crackers and um, pepperoni. Pepperoni cleanses our palate amazingly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Definite. <laughs> Thank you for letting us know that. Um, okay. okay. So hang on. First thing off the nose, raisins. Yes, this is stone fruit. This is a Belgian beer. plums. This yes, is all Belgian yeast. Bubble gum. This is not a spiced pepper. Beer. Nope, this is no spice whatsoever. This is all yeast. This is a dark Belgian yeast-driven spice. Yeah, this is a this is a dark Belgian. This beer. is the magic of the monks. Every flavor that's coming through this right now is either from malt. Or it's from yeast. Belgian special B. Special B. Yeah, it's cr- it's crazy how all these other beers, all these other beers we have right now, every bit of flavor that's come through, with it, except for the first one, except for the first one, except for the old ale, which is the old ale. 
everything else right now, all their flavor, even, I mean, even the fireside chat, even though majority of it was. No, no, it was yeast driven. I mean, it was it, spice it, driven. It had, it had spice in the background to it. This, <laughs> this nothing. is a winter warmer. <laughs> With no you, spices. You, you, you can just smell it. And it it's a beer that's going to warm the cockles <laughs> of your heart. This Absolutely. Is, this is right there. But it is all yeast. It is all. You're smelling like malt. malt. That's what you're smelling. You're smelling the malt and the yeast mixed together oh like goodness. magic. Like magicians. Oh, wow. Like, holy gosh. Oh <laughs> Whatever that means. Oh, my dad. <laughs> Whatever, Jesus. <laughs> wow. Okay, we're just tasting this right now. This is fantastic, by the way. Oh, my goodness. Um, mm. Mm. Follow along at home, please. Find out what beers we're drinking before the show and get them and drink them. Holy jeez. Um, this is a fantastic beer. It is. This is like. It's got some sweetness to it. Chunky bar. Yeah. Raisins. A lot of raisins. A lot of dark fruit. A lot of plums. Fruit, a lot of. Oh, wow. Yeah, just like a holy. What do they do? Bubblegum. Peppers. Mm. Like everything's coming through. Belgian candy sugar. A lot dark. of Belgian candy sugar, yep. but what percentage of alcohol is this? Eight point one, I think. Not bad. No, it's not. I would expect expected it to be a little bit bigger of a beer. Hmm. If someone came into your store right now, Warren, I hate to put you on the spot. If someone came into your store mm-hmm. right now and said, "Hey, I want to brew Coors and Dunk Christmas Ale." How would you write a recipe for? Six pounds of Munich malt, four pounds of sugar, two pounds of Belgian candy sugar, two pounds of sugar, two pounds of Belgian candy sugar, one pound of special bee to steep, maybe a little flaked barley or flaked wheat, depending on what mood I was in. Warrior hops, Abel yeast, gone, done, done, done. That's a solid recipe. I, yeah, you're look, you're looking for that. You're getting a little bit of that from that 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 crystal malts in the back. You're getting. Now, the table sugar would either be table sugar inverted with lemon juice or corn sugar, which is very fermentable. Okay. Would you be going into the Belgian candy sugars? Would you be using any? One pound. One pound of Belgian. Yep. Whip, what type? Dark? Dark. Yeah. Now, either 90 or 120. I would say 90 because I'm going to get the 120 flavor from my Belgian candy sugar or my Belgian special bee. Okay. Really, this is really, um, and the only reason I would do that is because I use a lot of extracts in my beer. If I were to do this myself with the mm-hmm. homebrew, it'd be probably Pilsen malt for a base, enough special bead to bring down the color and the flavor, maybe a touch of black patent malt. Some flaked wheat or flaked barley. Okay. And then 
Belgian candy sugar, whether no, it's I, invert in, sugar or not. I'm in complete agreement on that. If I was looking at this from a a larger brew standpoint, I'm looking at majority of it being Pilsner malt. It's just got such a light base malt bill to it. It the, It's got a huge flavor there, but the, the base malt side of it's coming through very light. There are, you're getting you're getting special B. You're getting 120 in there. You're getting yeah, dark crystals. Yeah, definitely dark crystal. You're looking at that raisin. You're looking at that dark, um, you know, plum sort of flavor in there. Um, probably right around seven, eight percent or so mm-hmm. of that dark crystal. Um, I'd say there's some there's some flaked either that or an extensive boil or something like that you're, you're getting some body coming in from malt well if you look at if you look at it on your on your beer mm-hmm. the foam resides yeah fully no matter what you do if it di- dissipates it dissipates from the outer and going into the inner in your cup it's got islands but if you if you if you circulate yeah. it's gonna come right back at you the foam is there there's lacings there's queen's Anne's lacings all over the glass it def- it definitely has. But it's a, got a lot of depth. It's got it's got a. It's got protein in there to 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 hold the foam on there. Right. And usually, like you're saying, that that comes through some sort of adjunct flake. Yeah. Flake some flake something or another. Right. Whether it be oats, wheat, barley, you know, you name it, because it's unmolded. It's got those extra proteins. It's not broken down. Right. Um. You can even probably do roasted barley too. You could. And there may be some in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it does have it does have a hint of roast backbone to it, which I think some a little bit of roast barley, not much more than two three percent, I would say, because it's really not. Yeah, you don't want it. You want no. It's it's you light. Want a lot. Yeah, it's very light. Um, but definitely some candy sugar, and I would say probably around ten percent. And I would say you do you do your own candy sugar it will turn out better. I'd probably mix a a ninety. And a 180. I think it. I think when I was working at Kane, um, it was a D1 and D2 candy sugar. That's that 90 used. and 180. Yeah, yep. 90 and 180. Mm-hmm. And you got definite different flavors off of it. Mm-hmm. And the 180 gave a much darker, licorice mm-hmm. sort of flavor to it. And you're getting a little bit of that in here, but it's not only that. Mm-hmm. You're definitely getting dark fruit as well, and that's more of the 190. Mm-hmm. Um, you're getting that that caramelly flavor. So the one the, the 90 comes through. Mm-hmm. And the special B, the special B, the 120, 120, whatever caramel malt you want to use, but that Belgian yeast, the Abbey. I would, I wouldn't stick with T58. I wouldn't no, go, no, 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 no. I wouldn't go triple. I wouldn't go peppery. I would go Abbey. Yeah, bubble I agree, gum I agree with that. all the way. Bubble gum. I love dry yeast. Abbey yeast is fantastic. I probably would use that. Um, there's a liquid yeast in. There. I can't remember the life of fermentation the temperature. Fermentation temperature, fermentation temperature, uh, lighter end. Yeah, you're not looking for something heavy. You're looking. You're probably going to ferment around 66. Yep, I uh, wouldn't go much higher than that. I wouldn't. So I would go slow d- ferment is probably going to be over the course of, for me, three weeks, four weeks. No, no, no. For, well, well, maybe for a home brewer. For home brewer. Yeah. For me, I'm looking at about a week and a half. Okay, so explain that. Why is a home brewer going to be fermenting longer? I just think I honestly I think it's batch size and it, it's it's a Control. You can argue it back and forth over, over different sizes. Controllability. I, yeah, it, 
I think on larger batches, it's it's either the convection currents that go through the thing that create that allow it to ferment a little bit quicker. But on a professional scale, compared to a homebrew scale, you can ferment quicker than you can in a homebrew side. You have the capability with through equipment as a professional to ferment your majority majority of my beers. Beer I can out. ferment within five days. Yes, mm-hmm. your average ale, your average nice five, you know, four and a half to five and a half percent ale, I can be done with it in. Five days fermentation, a day to cold crash, and a day to move to my bright tank and be done with it. Seven Does it have days, something to do with the, the extra pressure in the deeper tank? No. Could, I, I don't really know if it's that. Um, mm. it, I think it all has to do with conical. I don't think it's even conical. If you have a conical. I think it's just larger convection currents that can move the yeast throughout and be able to get it done. I think, I think within the smaller area, temperature fluctuations are a larger, bigger thing. That's the problem. Yeah. But if you have a conical fermenter as a home brewer... Excuse me, I'm eating a, a, a cork cracker. Warren, you're such a classy <laughs> fucking guy. You know what? You come talk to me, I'm going to be real. I'm going to eat in front of you. I don't care. Um, it's for great radio. <laughs> if you're if you're going if you're going to come and, and you're going you have a conical fermenter with it that is temperature specific that you can really hone in on temperature, I think you can hit fermentation in seven days. Maybe 10 days with this one. Move it to a bright tank. Let it settle out and get clear and then move it to your keg. You can probably do it in two and a half weeks. For a regular homebrewer who's doing it in a, con- who's doing it in a carboy or a bucket, you're talking about two weeks minimum in primary and then moving it to a secondary for another week, maybe two weeks in a secondary, and then bottling it for another week or week and a half before you're drinking it. So you're talking six weeks as a home brewer before you're drinking it, as opposed to someone who has the controllability of temperature, mm-hmm. who has the controllability of, from a large bat's perspective. I'm looking, I'm looking at yeast numbers to the T, you know? Yeah, yeah, and your, your, yeast is, yeah, your yeast I mean, is a lot higher than ours. Have to be a, and, I mean, when looking from a home brewer, I don't think it necessarily has to be a conical fermenter, but no. it has to be... A, I mean, even if you're using a carboy, it has to be something in an extremely specific right. temperature-controlled right. environment. Right, right. You're looking at something that's not going to deviate within right. two degrees. Right, right. It's, it's steady degree across I the mean, board. I mean, I've got 465 gallons of volume right, that's right, sitting right, there right. holding it at a certain right. temperature. It's not going to drop no, five it's degrees not. within a couple minutes. You're, getting, carboy, you're getting an equilibrium across 465 yeah. gallons. You're getting this equilibrium of temperature, equilibrium of fermentation, equilibrium of uh, byproduct, whatever it is. You're getting equilibrium. And in home brewing, we just don't have that luxury, so we're fluctuating up and down. Unless you have the capability to have a steady temperature range. And and all this is really just looking at yeast health. It really is all looking at that. That's that's right on the big. That is a huge difference in every batch. A lot mm-hmm. of people look at it, it's like, oh, it's all about my, my malt uh-uh. recipe. It's all, it mm-hmm. is, and it's not, mm-hmm. because your yeast health is huge. If, mm-hmm. if I'm making a pale and you're making a stout, yeah, you know what, yeast health at that point really doesn't freaking matter because you're going to tell the difference between well, the two. Well, let's talk about yeast pitching rate. For you, what would it be? A 500-gram satchel of dry yeast yeah. would probably do... You probably need two of those to do what you're two. doing. I you, would need you, two. you would need two. That would be a seven-barrel batch. 500 grams. Do you know how much... Do you know how big that is? That's pretty big. That's a coffee bag size. <laughs> if you big. get a, If you get a crush... So you're saying a full kilo 
of yeast. I one try kilo. Yeast. Yep, one yep. kilo of yeast. For seven barrels, which is 465 yep. gallons. If if you, I need a kilo of yeast from you. <laughs> <laughs> if you, if you, so, so to put the back, put that in perspective. It's 11 grams. Yeah, well, well here, in, in, here. The, in the normal packet. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Use. No, so here, put that in perspective. If you go to the coffee store, this coffee store, mm-hmm. and get ground coffee, the bag that you purchase, that one pound bag, it's probably too small for what Matt's going to do with a 15-barrel system. The yeah, majority of my stuff, if I'm looking at it from a already pitched perspective and I'm pulling it out, I'm probably pulling from a 5-gallon keg of liquid yeast mm-hmm. or from a 15-gallon keg and I'm pulling... You just ate my fucking sandwich, didn't you, you bastard? <laughs> you made me look over to the side and then you made me... Oh, God damn it. Um... Wait, uh, so if you're saying a full kilo, which is yeah. 2.2 pounds or whatever, <laughs> right? Right. So a pound of coffee, right? That's it's only one half. pound. It's only <laughs> so one pound. It's only one pound. So you're talking about two, at two, two of those packages. Two, yep. Yeah, 2.2 of, of those packages. <laughs> so think about two of those packages. That's a lot of yeast. It is. And people don't realize that when they're brewing. They think that little vial from White Labs is going to get them really good results. When home brewing, it might. It might do that. It, 99% of the time, it might turn out some good beer. I'll tell you what. I just did a, uh, about a 8.5, 8.7% old ale myself. I just started it. I took two white lab vials. No, sorry. Two white Y-yeast um, smack packs. Yep. And did a 1.7 liter starter. With, you you with really didn't need to do that. With continuous yeah. aeration. Right on that to get as much growth as possible, and then I pitched that whole thing into five gallons, and it was still like eh, I could have probably used some more. When when I look at when I, when I look at homebrew scale, I really think of it you know back along the lines of what I'm looking at from a professional scale. It is extremely specific if you're trying to hit certain numbers. People don't realize that. They, though, they don't, Matt. You know, if, you if know how hard I'm, it is for me to I'm sell these a, people? If I'm taking a five-gallon keg that I pulled yeast from on a, on a beer and I'm putting it into a 4.5% alcohol, you know, right. or what I'm hoping to be a 4.5% right, alcohol right. beer, I'll throw that whole five gallons in. If, you know, for some reason I had a, a huge batch, I mean, I'm not doing a pulling from a 15, I'm pulling from a 30, and I have a boatload of yeast... And I'm pulling from a 15-gallon, and I throw six gallons in there instead of five. That's nothing. To me, it's like, oh, okay, whatever. It's an extra gallon of yeast. Right. The That's a big difference, though. That's when, when really looking at ratios, that's nothing. Because when you're looking at you know, how much yeast needs to go into each batch, you're looking at, oh, a... Uh, Five gallons into into your batch size is let's just say a one to one. I can go up to a one to three before I really start harming my beer flavor. Right. For a home brewer level, that could be the difference of doing one vial of yeast to two vials of right. yeast. No, absolutely. Because you're a little under on one vial to going up to a little bit over on two vials. So when when you brew here on premises, yeah, I bought a five hundred gram satchel of yeast, mm-hmm. right? And they say that less, a little bit less than one tablespoon of yeast gets you enough yeast, 250 billion cells, to do a 1056 beer, right? You need about 250 billion cells to do 1056. Somewhere around there, all right? Let's just say that that's what it is. 
One, less than a tablespoon will get you there. Every time you brew here, you get at least a tablespoon of yeast. So I'm pitching a little bit more. But on the homebrew scale, I'm not going to worry about the autolization that's going to happen because I'm not fermenting in a conical fermenter, for one. Mm-hmm. Two, I'm also fermenting at a degree temperature range shift of two degrees. Either it's going to be 62 or 64 degrees. So I'm not really worried about that shift. And I'm pitching enough yeast for them to consume the average ale that comes out of this beer or out of this out of this facility. So I'm not really upset about that. But I know that if I pitch less than that, if I take a satchel of yeast out of the fridge or out of the wall here or in the basket, it's less than a tablespoon of yeast. Yeah. And so I'm going to be pitching less, which concerns me. Um. And I'm not quite sure why these satchels are less than the optimal pitching rates. I, I completely agree with that. I over pitching by small by up to four times. It's the better to over pitch. Is, is not as bad as, as under pitching by a quarter. By a quarter, right? Yeah. But or by even an eighth. If I have one, yep. if I have the the yeah. the perfect amount of yeast to pitch at. Well, sh- if shit. I go one quarter less, that's bad. If I go four times more, right. that's bad. If I go twice the amount, that's perfectly fine. Right. Why not give me more yeast? Right. And I'm pretty sure it has to do with just business and cash, but... It does. It, no, for, for you, it's business and cash. For me, it... No, but I'm sure, like, for these yeast people, they're looking no, at it like, ah, you know, whatever. They'll do a starter. You know what? Look at that. Starters are a pain in the ass. They are. They are. And people don't want to have to do that. If they could just buy a pack of yeast, throw it in some water... And start this shit up. You know, I, have to, I, I do have to say that I, I I've acquired uh, an account with Giga Yeast mm-hmm. or Giga. They produce a satchel of liquid yeast that's at two hundred billion cells or two hundred and fifty billion cells. So you're already hitting over your optimal. I'm hitting over our optimal with yeah. this one sack. For ten forty or for ten fifty? For ten fifty six. Okay. So your average ales are coming out there, you know. 1056, that's an average sessionable ale. And if you're using one of their satchels, you don't have to worry about making a starter. It's already there for you. And I've heard rumors that White Labs is now going to come out with a 250 billion cell package. Really? That would be so much easier. That how, would how be a lot easier. Mean? They're going to charge mean, 15 bucks a satchel. Well, no, that's, that's what it is. That's the only difference. Now, a satchel that I sell from Giga... Is sixteen bucks. It's so at the same point, you're looking yeah. at it and you're like, well, "Oh, why don't I just buy two <laughs> two vials?" Of well, yeast shit, a vial yeast, yeah. a vial from White Labs is eight bucks. So yep. double that, because yeah. yeah. you're yeah. getting double that amount. Yep. Usually, so why double not that. just go buy two vials of yeast? Right. Or when buy honestly, that's what they told you from the beginning. Right. Pretty but much. two vials right. of yeast isn't enough you know for why? a bigger beer than that. No, it's not enough for a bigger. But you know why that doesn't happen? Because beer is very forgiving, and for the average home brewer, the average home it doesn't really make a difference. If that beer comes out a little bit flawed, because it still tastes fucking fantastic, yeah, and it's still good to you, wow. and so there. But on occasion, don't get me wrong, you've been there, and I'm sure Carl, you've been there. Oh yeah, you make a beer that doesn't come out the way that you want it to. Absolutely, and that has Every everything, <laughs> and that everything to do with really beer, with yeast. It has everything to do with yeast. Yeah, it has well, everything to do with yeast. So the the key is, I think, so it could be the difference between throwing away a batch of beer. Right. So you know what? That that recipe sucked. Never I throw away a batch of beer. Yeah. No. So, by the way, you're listening to uh, the Cool Ship podcast. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> so, no, but the, the, the key is this, right? I think what you're trying to get to is the worst thing that happens when you overpitch 
is you get very little, if no, yeast growth, right? And whatever flavors would come off the yeast but that's during like the growth four phase. four times the Yeah, amount. I know, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but yeah. you get no growth, you get no... You get no. Uh, there's there's certain compounds, flavor compounds that come out during the growth phase that you would lose in that. Mm-hmm. If you underpitch, you got stressed yeast, and that shit throws off Absolutely. some serious and that off throws flavors. It off quick. Yeah, it smells like a sweaty European. Of double or triple I, is almost fine. I was four times. That's when you get the. I'm competing with you. There's not enough food yeah, around. Right. But yes. like twice the amount. It's like oh maybe we can't grow enough and yeah. give you those growth compound whatever. Right. I don't really give a shit. Yeah. About yeah. It. Yeah. It's just that it smells like a smell European. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just like someone who doesn't use deodorant. I I had the, uh, I had for the longest time, um, I kept thinking I was contaminating my beer because it was getting, our best I would say is Band-Aid or Styrofoam smell or something like that. And I went through everything, you know, changed uh, um, uh, sanitizing agents, you know, made sure everything was you know, done perfectly, rubber gloves. I mean, everything that I could do. It was just right. yeast it, it was literally like, oh, I just needed to pitch more yeast. Right. And the styrofoam flavor went away. Hmm. But the light bulb went off in your head. Yeah, right. I mean, I was killing myself trying to figure out what was wrong. It's like, oh, just another satchel. At the same time, a person like you, there, there might have been another person out there that was like, oh, this is my first batch of, ye- first batch of beer. Right. This thing tastes like shit because it's got the styrofoam flavor in there. Yep. And I'll never do it again. Fuck you, White Labs, for all this sort of shit that you're not doing to help people out there make the best beer they can because no. they don't want to do a yeast starter because it's their first time. Right, 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 beer. right, right. And no one understands what a yeast starter is. No one really does. No, it's, they don't. Uh, I do. So our our next. I barely. No, I, I, I know what. <laughs> maybe maybe our it's next talk should do. be about technique and what we need to do yeah, to improve cool. our beer. You know, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that would be cool. I throw it out there. Yeah, yeah. But um, White Labs came out with a pure strain, pure pitch. Yes, pure pitch. And I tell you what. The pure pitch does take off a lot quicker than their old shit. It does. There's no, there's no like lag in time of fermentation, but that does not necessarily, and it won't mean that the yeast is stressed. Because if even if you pitch a pure strain of yeast in the right environment, and say your wort, which is unfermented beer, is in the right environment for this yeast to live. If you underpitch, you still aren't hitting the amount of yeast you need to ferment that sugar out. You still are going to produce off flavor yeah. from gets, this yeast strain. It gets drunk, or I mean, I don't know what you want to say. It gets stressed out. It man. gets stressed. It's like it's like man, it's I got way too many Doritos to eat here. Right. It's <laughs> like you got a, you got a, so many people literally sitting at a pile of shit, being like, "Oh crap, we got to shovel right. stuff." You know? uh, uh, you're yeah. gonna get pissed a lot quicker than if you had a bunch of buddies with you. Yeah. Hey, if you had two it's people, a, pretty much what you're looking at. If you had two people moving one ton of sand, you would have off flavors from those two people because they would sweat more, they would stress more, they would hate their jobs. But picture this. If you had 20 people moving that sand, it would be a lot less than that. Um, are we done with our spice? We're done with the, the Belgian. Because, I mean, my eyeballs are floating. <laughs> and I think we need to take a little bit of a break. We did. I don't know yet. We we still have we got, one more. We got, we got one more. We got one more to try here before. So we got here the last beer of our uh, our section here before we take another break. I uh, just want to throw it out there real quick. We got the the Mad Elf Ale um, by Trogues. It's a pretty big one. It's eleven percent. Um, and I threw it in the winter warmer category because mainly it's a it's really a, it's a big holiday ale. Um. It describes itself as an ale brewed with honeys and cherries, so it's not necessarily a spiced ale, 
but it's a big alcohol warming ale. It should hit you pretty good. Um, but let me uh, let me crack it open here, and uh, we'll kind of see how see what we all think of it. See a if it cheerful. In, see if it fits into our category. Creation to warm your heart and enlighten your tongue. Fermented and aged with a spicy yeast. I guess that's T58. Mm. Or some kind of special yeah, Belgian, Belgian yeast. style, yeah. Not much else is going to give you that spice. This ruby red beer delivers subtle cherries and enticing aromas. It's that red. It's definitely a red color. Definitely the cherries off the nose. A little bit of honey. You think that's cherries as in cherries that they used? or I think so. Do you think it's as a result of fermentation? No, I think it's cherries. You think they used cherries? Yeah. I don't know if it's barrel-aged or I, whatever. They added cherries in, whatever, in some other part of the ferment. There's cherries in this fermentation. For a fact, for sure. Yeah. They used cherries in this. Yeah? You know, for a fact... Were you there during the processing? No. Okay. <laughs> There's no, there's definitely a, a strong cherry cherry note. And they beer. say honey and cherries, brewed with honey and cherries. So I would assume you guys are correct in saying that it brewed with mm. cherries. Honey is 100% fermentable. So I'm sure if it was brewed with honey, that that honey flavor is now just gone. Uh, I mean, you, know, you always tend to get a little bit of something in there, especially in a higher... Higher alcohol beer when you use honey into it, you get a little bit of hint of that honey in there. The fructose tends to sit around for a little bit for some reason, and you get those hints—the hints of the honey, whether it be just notes from the flowers that were used or something along those lines. But you always tend to get a little bit of that. Oh my God, eleven percent alcohol. Mm-hmm. So why does mead take so long normally to ferment? It Mainly doesn't because of. It's mainly just alcohol percentage. You're making something that's up in the 14s or something like that, and it needs to sit for a little while before the flavors mellow out. It's not necessarily a fermentation that takes a while. It's, it's the, the mellowing. It's out of the mellowing out of flavors. You hit a high. If you were to drink a young mead, it's got a lot of alcohol in the back. It's a burning alcohol sort of Whew. in there, and. It just needs to sit out, mellow out, almost like a barrel aging, but you don't really barrel. I mean, when I make most of my meads, I just let it sit in the carboy for a while. I've sat a couple into oak barrels and stuff like that to let it, you know, sit, but they were fresh barrels, so they got a lot of oak flavor to it as well. Any kind of high alcohol content they need beer, that, they, need, they that need a little sitting. bit. Yeah, they need the the, the, the blended aspects of a batch that's big, like uh, a volume of beer that's big. In order to ferment out or to round out fully, so we talk about alcohol content. We talk about sharpness and we talk about roundness. Over time, fusel alcohols that taste like uh, booze, basically uh, alcohol. Like yeah. um, they take they they give an alcohol alcohol isopropyl, yeah. but more they, like they give vodka. An alcohol, vodka. They, they give they give just a, a heavy alcohol. Like you're a taking very, a shot, yeah, like, like a like shot of vodka. Right. vodka into your beer. Right. And over time, that goes 
away, it's still warming as hell, hmm. but it rounds so off. It's, sharp booze, it's not yeah. a sharp booze. It's a round booze. And so it, it rounds off over time. Now, with, with honey, that, that happens all the time. Honey ferments out very quickly, and it's very boozy up front when it's young. But when it's aged well over a, a volume of liquid, it turns into more sherry-like tones. Yes. Very rounded, very, like, mm-hmm. like well-made, like handcrafted. But it's not. It, it's just age. It's patience. We talked about this earlier. Patience is a virtue. In brewing, it is so true. When you have a high alcohol content beer, patience is a virtue. Just you have to wait until you get that roundedness. Sometimes meads that are made with little honey, which are hydromels or mellow mels or anything that has a little bit less honey than the alcohol or than the, than the liquid volume. Let's say if you're doing five pounds of honey to five gallons it's really not a lot of honey. It's enough honey to get you to where you want to be. But over time, it happens quicker as opposed to 15 pounds of honey in a five-gallon batch. That takes time. And this is what we talk about when you're tasting meads. And when you're, you're sipping on a mead that's young, it's very, very astringent, very, very harsh, very, very upfront with the alcohol flavor. As opposed to the same mead that's been sitting a year. It's and this, this to me is much more along the lines of that that five five pounds to five gallons. Five gallons, yeah, a small amount. It's, it's a one to one. It's got a smaller amount in there. There is a hint of it in in the background. You could tell that honey was used as opposed to just regular sugar. Mm-hmm. But it's not mead levels. No, and it's still going to kick your ass. There's definitely cherries are coming through. You get that honey coming in there. Um, there's there's an alcohol tinge to it. Uh, but it's not heavy. And is it, is, so my question is... And there's some spices in the background, too. There's a couple ways to get the cherry flavor. It's either through cherries or through oxidation and aging. This is cherries. Absolutely. This is fruit. Yes. I think it would say it if it wasn't. And it does. It says no, that it, it's honey and no, cherries. It says it's, on, it's honey and cherries. And even if they didn't say that in there... I. There are... You've had our, our, our red. Yeah. And there's cherries in that mm-hmm. as well. Tart cherries, to be exact. We didn't add but any there, cherries to that beer. there's an oxidation beer, level. But that's that oxidation. That, that gives that, you know, that, you have that hazelnutty. Yeah. You have that nuttiness to it. And this doesn't have that nuttiness. This has cherries. And honey. And sweetness. Right. It's got a sweet background to it. It's got those cherry flavors. It's got none of that nuttiness. It's got none of those other oxidation flavors wow. to it. For those that drink this as a session... God bless. <laughs> yeah. Never Holy as God. a session. This is this is a one drink and move on to something else sort of thing. Maybe now, split it with your friend. Same with the course dunk, man. I, oh I, yeah. You know you're not. Well, it's one and like celebrate. Here you go. I'd hold on to a six pack in my fridge. I wouldn't let it go because I'd drink it another time. It's a great beer. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I could drink a six pack. <laughs> this would be nuts. Can't make this a session. Is, this is a great. This is a great beer. Um, both of them yeah. are up there, man. I would have to say Mad Elf is up there. It's up there, yeah. It, 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 and it also has a little bit of spiciness to it, too. It's not spices added. No, I it's think that peppery. It, it's the yeast. yeast. The yeast is giving those spice flavors. It's Belgian. And, and it's it's a, definitely Belgian. It, yeah, absolutely Belgian yeast. 
it pulls out those spice flavors in there, but it's not that cinnamon, clove, whatever spices that no, you're getting from pepper. these other beers. It's these are subtle peppers. These are yeah. And uh, you know, spiciness. So here, here's the here's the deal with uh, Belgian yeast. There are two strains, so to speak, that you can use. One is a, ending in a peppery note, and one is ending in a bubblegummy note. And when you're mixing, when you're making your recipe, you want to make sure that you use the proper yeast to accentuate what you're making. In a Belgian double, you're using malts that are going to turn into like stone fruit like plums and like prunes or raisins. So the bubblegum really plays really well against those. Mm-hmm. You can also use a peppery tone that plays pretty damn good against those. But if you're using cherries or, or something that you want more of a drying effect, you want to stick with those those pepper tones and that strain of yeast you can get. That's the... I would, Which one is that? I would, that's the Trappist. That's, yeah. That's not the Abbey. That's the Trappist. Trappist. So the Trappist right. is more peppery. The Abbey is more fruity. Um, and in dry form, you're looking at T58 as being the Trappist and the Abbey as being more fruity and bubblegummy. I mean, that's, that's where I'm coming yeah. from. You had a question? Yeah, Carl. no, I didn't have a question. I'm just, I, I have looked this up before, and Matt Elf, what they sell was. Sorry, what they say on their own website is, I'm sorry, I have the feedback going into my ear. I have to take the headphones off. Um, is that they brew it from mid October? Sorry, it's available from mid October to December. The malts are Pilsner Europe, uh, sorry, Pilsner, Munich, and chocolate. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hops are Saz and Hallertau. Yeast is spicy Jeezy, Belgian. Yeah. And the juju, as they say in it, is Pennsylvania honey and sour cherries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely sour cherries. Yeah, yeah. sour cherries. Yeah. I suppose. So I don't know what the difference is with sour cherries versus any other kind of cherry, but... Who knows? Sweet cherries versus sour cherries? I've only ever used sour. Yeah, that's all I've ever seen or even used. So you I, shouldn't use I don't know. cherries in... <laughs> all, all I've ever seen Michigan is that they cherries. use sour cherries, they use sour cherries, so I've always used sour cherries whenever, you know, I've brewed something that I want that cherry flavor. I don't know, can through. Bing cherries be sour? I'm... I'm sure you can use them. I just don't know if the flavor contribution is extensively different. It's like sweet versus. I don't know if I don't know if the sour cherry gives that ch- that bitter. lingering cherry flavor. Sweet versus or is bitter sweet, orange peel. Whereas sweet cherry like just ferments away and doesn't give you as much cherry flavor. I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, I'm not too uh, extensive we'll to on that. Maybe, yeah, we'll, maybe, maybe to- we'll make it a. Uh, Part of a podcast. We'll see. <laughs> we'll have to do a ten gallon batch and do half with sweet and half with Bing or whatever sour okay. jerks. Well, uh, I think you know we, we've gotten a good amount of information in this. I hope you guys, you know, have uh, you know pulled enough out of the the beers you've been drinking along with us. Hopefully, you are drinking. Beers well, along yeah, with us. absolutely. So if you, if you're drinking beers along with us, God bless you because this is a tough night to get through. But we got, but we, like got we, one, said, we got one more. We got beer one here. more to go. So one, you know, we're gonna take a quick break here, and um, we'll be we'll be back, and we'll have that finished one. I think it's Sierra Nevada, and uh, I guess we say we'll, the one uh, that you yeah, can yeah, really we'll, get. We'll, yeah. we'll have that Sierra Nevada celebration here when we yeah. when we come back. Let us so, finish uh, out this trogues here and yeah. move on. So we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Cheers.
So we've been told that one breathes like Darth Vader. Please let us know. Are we all ready to go? Yeah. All right, so. Well, drink your fucking. I'm going to drink my Mad Elf. Believe me. Don't tell me what to fucking do. Drink your fucking. Goddamn. We got another you beer. You have and Donk beer to drink. I know I do. But we're on our next one. Fuck. Uh... <laughs> Come on, drink up. Cheers. I got Cheers. some. Fuck. Ooh. It's a lot of beer you drank tonight. That's good beer. Fucking so tasty. Uh, why don't I have to drink it? <laughs> you know you've done wrong when you're at the end of the, you're like, I don't want to. This is the tastiest fucking beer ever, but why? <laughs> this is great. I wish I didn't have to drink it. Oh, this is the most delicious thing I've ever had. Oh, I don't want it. So there are many people out there that's. Corson Dunk is so smooth. Oh my god. Get over Someone, yourself. Someone's texting. Maybe it's an email. I should look it's your it. girlfriend. It's not my girlfriend. It's a Facebook post. Someone added a photo to Facebook. Just letting everybody know. Someone added a photo to Facebook. Right, so... <laughs> Carl, our producer, just came to me and said that I breathe too heavy and I sound like fucking Darth Vader. So here's my tribute. Warren, are you playing a clip? <laughs> what? You went over my helmet? Now that I have my coffee, I'm ready to watch radar. Where is it? Right here, sir. Careful, you idiot. I said across her nose, not up it. Who is he? He's an asshole, sir. I know that. What's his name? That is his name, sir. Asshole. Major asshole. And his cousin? He's an asshole too, sir. Gunner's made first class Philip asshole. How many assholes we got on this ship anyhow? Go! Alright. I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. So that was about Warren's breathing, not about yes. space balls. <laughs> that was about my breathing, goddammit. And I'll tell you what, right now, I'm gonna put it up really high so people can take a guess at what I'm doing right now. I'm switching my microphone so it's higher than my mouth. Maybe you can hear that. How about this? All right, so our next beer that we're moving on to, after we had the 11% Trogues and the 9% Korsendonk. I think it was an 8-1. Well, 8-1, one, whatever it is. It seems like 9%. We're moving on to the Celebration Ale from Sierra Nevada. Now, the reason why we kept this last is because I believe that this is the most easiest beer that you can get for a winter warmer. So oh, it's got to be everywhere. If you don't have capability to get other, others, you have the capability to get this one. And this one is good. I need, I need the opener, bro. You're fucking leaving me behind. Okay, so here we go. Ready? This is a little more atypical. This is IPA. This is all the way IPA. Yes. This is your holiday IPA. I mean, when you think Sierra Nevada to begin with, you think of hop. hoppy. So you're going to have some hops coming through in this. But right. at the same time, 
you're looking at a wintry beer. Right. You're going to have a little more malt in there. Right. Not really getting spices. But you're going to get the hop flavor. <laughs> so you're looking for the malty side. Dr. Evil. I didn't... <laughs> you're just playing sound bits in the background here. We're, uh... So you got more, you got more hop flavor coming through. Yeah, I wonder if we're at the end of the night here. Yeah, pretty close. <laughs> One to million dollars. Uh, n- nobody asks for a million these days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, shit, that fits into our conversation. One billion dollars. Who just got sold for one billion dollars? Yeah, uh, Ballast Point. It's crazy. Absolutely fucking nuts. Would you sell your business oh, for a billion dollars? You mean the, the Sculpin? The guys who make Sculpin? Yes, yeah. guys who make Sculpin just got bought for one billion. One billion dollars. Yep. That's one with 12 zeros behind it? Nine. One, two, three. Nine. One, two, three. One, two, three. No? Yeah, it is nine. Because the millions are the... the yeah. The, 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 the you obviously don't watch uh, Silicon Valley. It's the three comma club. Oh, it is a three comma club. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes it is. <laughs> Unbelievable. One billion dollars. What do you do with one billion dollars? Um, you party for the rest of your fucking life. <laughs> Seriously, like, where does that money go? Like, okay, so they got bought up by one billion dollars, but they still have stake in the company. Warren, within your entire lifetime, have you spent over two million dollars? I haven't spent over a hundred thousand. Your entire life? My entire life. Maybe I did. That's hard to believe if you bought a few cars. <laughs> Maybe I did. Maybe I bought. Okay, so I haven't spent over five hundred thousand. Let's put it that way. Okay. Yeah, I'm close, over- but I'm not there yet. Okay. So even the ten million dollar club seems pretty fucking interesting. What is that? Exactly. The fucking one billion dollar club. The three comma club. Yeah, the three comma club. Thank you, Carl. <laughs> That sounds like a good fucking deal to me. <laughs> yeah, but what 20, do you do? 25 years of your life making a beer company, and then someone comes up to you and says, hey, here's a, bee. Here's a fuck ton of money. Here's a bee. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm selling out right away. Oh, yeah. I don't give a shit about that. No, I'm no, just no, saying, no. like, but what do you do with $1 billion? But at some point along the way, they were worth $500 million and said no, and at some point along the way, they were worth $100 million and yeah. said no, and at some point along the way, they were worth $50 million and said no. They held out for $1 billion. That was a good holdout, I gotta say. Don't mess with me, I'm one crazy mufu. <laughs> I'm one crazy mufu. <laughs> All right, celebration. Uh, celebrate... You know, as much as I hate hearing someone sell out, $1 billion is worth a sellout. To me. I'm sorry. Wait, hang, <laughs> hang on a second. Ballast Point, who has been in less than Sierra Nevada? They've been in less. Right? Why? I'm not sure anybody could afford Sierra Nevada. It would be a big payday. It would be. Yeah, but if they could afford $1 billion, why can't they afford three? I mean, honestly. Like, when you get that ridiculous number, why not fucking say, listen, Sierra Nevada, we want to buy you. What is it going to cost us? Because Five billion dollars? Because Sierra, Sierra Nevada is on a whole different thought process than some of these other people. But that's where everybody should be at, right? Not necessarily. Sierra, Sierra Nevada Well, has- I guess so. If you're the likes of, uh, let's say, a small brewery, 15-barrel system, not even starting yet, hoping to get into the market... If someone came to you with, you know, a million dollars, you'd probably be like, I'm done. Maybe not a million. 
Maybe oh. a little more than that. Okay. Two million dollars. Okay. Two million dollars. <laughs> yeah. We're good. <laughs> Yo, we're good. See no, ya. But, no, but for what's all that bullshit that oh crap beer is this crap beer is that crap beer is this I don't care Sierra Nevada is, is it's it's is all Ken, about money it's all Ken about Gro- money is Ken Grossman right? yes yeah Ken Grossman and Sierra Nevada are all about their sustainability right now they are huge into recycling renewable energies and all this sort of stuff so so what's what's more important to you legacy or money to me I don't fucking know yet. Too young to know it. I want to create a beer brand that will last. I think I'm past money. I think I'm legacy. I think I've been torn down by money too often mm-hmm. to think about money. But I'm not saying that if someone came in here and said, yeah, you know, we want to buy your fucking brand for, I don't know, $500,000, I'd be like, okay. I don't know yet. <laughs> I really don't know yet. I am too. Honestly, years. and I would move to a place down the street and open homebrew school, <laughs> not university. Right, 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 right. But I mean, I'm I'm two years into pre-opening, and I don't know yet. I've got to be into running a business before I can really make a decision, something like that. But to me, for the whole Sierra Nevada side of stuff, and you're you're saying like, oh, you need to spend more money to than a billion dollars to buy Sierra. I completely agree to that, but I don't think Ken Grossman would sell it for more than that. I don't think Ken Grossman would sell. No, I don't think he would either, because his whole thing is you're Legacy. creating you're you're creating something above and beyond just beer. Legacy. He's- it's not it's not even just legacy. It's it's you're you're creating this. You can you can prove to the world that some sort of industry can be completely. Better than BMC. Completely different. Not reliable on anybody else. They've created a terrasphere or whatever around themselves to make their make their company self sustainable. They dry out their grains and reburn it for more energy. They use solar energy. They recycle their water to the point where their their water footprint is unbelievably low. They have gotten the platinum award from whoever the hell does the recycling shit to the point where they're ten times above what's required of the recycling award. <laughs> How do they do that? By that all costs money, right? It all costs money, but, but how this, do they do that? Do they spend the money or do they get that for free? Through they the college. They don't get it for free. They make a boatload of fucking cash. They get it for free. What? All what that science. They team up. Oh, there's with a lot the of research colleges. stuff they, that, that they, they work yep, with. Yeah, they get. They that. get a lot of shit that they right. work with. No, no doubt I wouldn't about say. It. I wouldn't say free. Okay, so there's there's a no, price there, to ultimately of, everything. There's a lot, but they're of not s- paying out the ass. Like for you, you would have to pay out the ass to be able to get to that get to that stuff. Yes. Yep. But they're not overpaying for the use of that. No, they're not. They're they're, they're recycling because they recycling, are the reuse, forefront. Reuse, they recycle, are, they're, renew. They're on the they're on the front lines of renew, all this recycle, sh- of, of this renewable energy sort of stuff for companies. They're on the front lines of it. But it's not going to happen across the, the board. Too much is at stake for fossil fuels. Too much is at stake for polit- and we're getting into politics now. I know, which, I, I, you know. But, you know, that's the thing. Like, you know, they get they get the Okay, UC Davis. They get the other colleges out in California to help them do what they need to do as a work program. Because they're the only people asking. 
They're sitting there going, you know what? I've got a brewery, and I want to do this crazy-ass shit well, to make yeah. shit turn around, to make it so that I am zero emissions. Sierra Nevada. And they're like, uh, yeah, let's trade a study off that. Sierra Nevada no doesn't have it. to have that. They already put themselves on the map. I get that. I 97% know that. 97% of the materials that go into Sierra Nevada are recycled. I understand that. But what I'm saying is Sierra Nevada put themselves on the map, and I understand that. As a business, that is very, very commendable. Yeah. But the things that they're doing to recycle, renew, and reuse are above and beyond. And that's – no one else is not asking for it. No one else has got the opportunity to do it because they've already – Sierra Nevada has already made themselves Sierra Nevada. Mm-hmm. 21st Amendment or uh, let's say Lagunitas, um, let's say uh, Derelict, whatever that is from Evil Genius, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. They don't get the chance or the opportunity because they're not Sierra Nevada. You say they're not asking for it? I'm sure they are, but they're not getting it because they're not But they were never the level of Sierra Nevada to begin with when they started going with it. Sierra Nevada wasn't that level either when they started either. They did. They were. They were huge when they they decided to start actually moving forward with the renewable side of stuff. They were as big as Sam Adams or Jim Cook was when they first started in the 80s. Yes. Originally, they were that big, but they didn't. Have that idea to but, move forward. Like, oh, you know what? This is what we're going to push for. But some people like you might have that vision. You're not going to have that latitude. You're not going to get that from those colleges because you're an unknown. No one's going to take a chance on you. Sierra Nevada is a known entity. They're going to take a chance on Sierra before they take a chance on you. They'll take a chance on me if I go over there and I present this case strong sure, enough to do it. They won't. You're saying if I went to Rutgers University you you, and I said, you know what, let's create some studies going off of me moving forward. Maybe not right now. Nope, they won't. Maybe five years down the road. They You're won't. saying that they wouldn't do anything. They wouldn't. They're not doing it to, like, if they were, if they were to do that, why aren't they doing that to Kane right now? Or why aren't they doing that to Jersey Girl Brewing? Or why aren't they doing that to Carton Brewing? Because they're not forcing the issue. They care more about growth than they care about anything else right now. They're not going Why did they do that to Lagunitas? Lagunitas has been out for 15 years. Because maybe Lagunitas wasn't pushing the Because Lagunitas is more interested in $500 million than they are in $1 billion. Exactly. Yeah, or the hell. So, in other words... Maybe they weren't pushing Five years down the road, if someone comes to you and says, I'm going to give you $500 million, you'd be like, okay. Who the fuck does? Five years down the road, $500 million? Hell yeah. Sierra Nevada does that's who doesn't. Yeah, because they're a little more than five years down the road getting $500 million. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Well, this Please is, uh, offer th- me $500 million. This is, this is, uh, <laughs> this is uh, big, oh, cor- big corporation politics here, yeah. right? right? This is so above you, and beyond. You become, uh, you become big enough, you can attract interns and, and studies and all kinds of things around your business. Because exactly. Because you're big and you have a notoriety. So, you know, I, I absolutely can happen that way. No, absolutely. Okay, so but, you know the reality is that, that that you have to have somebody. You know, Jim Cook probably could attract all these free studies and what have you if he cared. If he cared. If he cared. Well, yeah. he proclaims he cares. Yeah, you can proclaim anything. Yeah, you know, in the Lehigh Valley, they have the old Stroh's Brewery pumping out Sam Adams right now. Believe me, that's not eco friendly for shit. It's right there near Route 100 or whatever. There's no room for it, right? They don't care. They don't give a crap. They just bought whatever was the cheapest brewery available. To extend their brewing prowess. Yeah, right. Because yeah. Oh, they, got, they got to put out a lot more cider and whatever the hell else they're trying to do these days. Yeah, seriously. So getting back, I'm Celebration. sorry. Did, did, did uh, we, 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 jump, we did jump a little bit. Wait, no, about... I, wait. I, go ahead, Warren. Fuck you, Ken Grossman. <laughs> no, you know, I, I, I envy Ken Grossman. I think he's a good 
He's a great business guy. man. Yeah. I think he's done well for the craft beer man, uh, the beer movement. He's done I, huge leaps and bounds of the craft right, beer movement. Absolutely, he's a godfather beyond. of yeah. American Home Brewing Association. When people think of the original craft beer, I mean, people are sitting Nevada, there going, yep. "Sierra Nevada." Yep, absolutely. I just think. Like so many other, I think Anchor Steam. But Anchor well, Steam. Yes. well, Anchor Steam as well. But no, no, no. Yeah, and, and they are in there. Maytag, Grossman, Cook, they're all at the base. They they just happen to be the forefront people who were involved in brewing. There's never one time. name on this whole front. But, no, there's but not. Sierra Nevada they is just up there to be on the front lines. At that front line, you know, if I was born, if I was born 15 years before then, I would imagine that I would be in the front line of that situation too because this this is my love this is what i love to do i love to brew i love to talk about beer i love to move good tasting beer forward rather than you know bush i agree <laughs> and i think we all have that in common um however some of us are a lot a lot better things because we have the backing we have the name. Mm-hmm. And some of us are struggling, just like they did when they first started out, which is fine, which I don't have a problem with. It's just a college who doesn't know Zigmeister. College gets an offer from Zigmeister Brewing in Sierra Nevada. Who are they going to take? I'm going to take Sierra Nevada. But hopefully I pick a college that I put an offer out to that maybe is not as close to Sierra Nevada. <laughs> Look, Centenary College is going to send you interns all day long, okay? Right Which is great. Time. Centenary College, please send me interns all day long. I'll make them clean kegs. They will be better off for it. So um, they'll know how to clean equipment. Yeah. Well, anyway. So success begets success. That is very true. Money, yes. money begets money. Exactly. No, absolutely. If you have the brain to make money and you get that money, you'll make more money off that money. I argue that with the brain. The brain has nothing to do with making money. It's all about circumstance and pompous. Yeah. Uh, no, some people are good at making money. They just some is. I'm not, I'm not one of them. <laughs> right. No, there are some people that are good. But, you know, you make a good product. You're not making money. You're making a good product. The product is what's making you money. Right? Thank you, product. So we are drinking Sierra Nevada Celebration Fresh Hop IPA. And according to their package here, first brewed celebration IPA in the winter of 1981, well before I was born. Each year, we use only hey, the Matt. first fresh hops. Hey, Matt. <laughs> yeah. You suck. Yeah. First fresh hops of the growing season to create this comp- complex and robust ale, layered with pine, citrus, hop, aromas, Balance delicately against rich malt sweetness to shape the bold wintertime classic. This definitely is hop forward. It has those pine flavors coming through with it. It's got that hop resiny sort of flavor. But there's a malt balance there in the background. There definitely is. It it's it's heavy on hops, but it's heavy on malt. Uh You know, they call it their Celebration Hop IPA. It's not really pulling out a lot of those winter flavors I was pulling out from other, some of those other winter warmers, but it's... It's hoppy. It's coming through as a big enough beer to, you know, hold it against the others. What, what's, it definitely what, has what an assertive bitterness this? to it. What is it so, even saying on this? 
6.8%. I mean, it's it's holding its own against winter warmers. So compare the so you know, let's go back two episodes. Okay. The the Sierra Nevada was the one that had the hoppiest Oktoberfest. Yeah. How does this if you have any memory whatsoever of no, that, do, hop, yeah. that hoppy Oktoberfest? How, how is this comparing to that? Well, I mean, whenever you think of Sierra Nevada, at least when I think of Sierra Nevada, I think of a hop forward beer. Um, regardless of whatever style of beer you're going to do, it's going to be hoppier than the generic style of beer that's going forward. Now, we discerned hop forward different, different from bitter. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm getting both bitter and hop forward. And there's bitterness in this, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, As opposed to the Sierra Nevada um, Oktoberfest, I'm getting more hoppiness out of this one. Yes. Um, but this is definitely more hop flavor forward. Yeah, I would say this is more driven from hops than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, when you say hop forward, probably meaning that this beer portrays hops in all of its glory. The bitterness, the flavor, and the aroma. I'm getting a, a nice hop aroma from it. Almost like a, a centennial hop. Yeah. And I'm also getting citrusy. that kind of yeah. citrusy hop Citrusy, almost piney. like onion, onion like, onion and piney. There could be some Columbus in this, but definitely piney. Um, you're get- getting some Cascade, but mostly citrus or Centennial. I'm, I, I think that Centennial is their their go to on this one. I don't know why, but Centennial seems to have that. Uh, um. That earthy and mm-hmm. citrusy flavor. This is definitely what Sierra Nevada is trying to pull out. As you know, they, I mean, they call it their celebration, celebration fresh hop IPA. This is you know a celebration of those hop hop flavors, and it's pulling it into that slightly more wintry style beer. They're pulling that malt forward base, right, and yet still accentuating. The hops that Sierra Nevada uses all the time. No, I it's agree. very traditional Sierra Nevada style beer. It's got those citra or not citra the um, citrus flavors coming through, and you know this is a little bit more malty than your traditional pale ale. Your traditional, even with torpedo, it's a little bit. More so because of the malt balance in the background. No, there is a malt balance to it, and it's red in color, like they say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have a problem with that. No, no, no. Um, and it's Definitely hoppier than any of the other beers that we've had, but again, it's what they're going for. It's a, it's their fresh hop IPA. It's their winter, their winter version of their IPA. They're pulling from the fresh hops that they pulled from the field earlier, and they're throwing it out to us now for... You know, our enjoyment during the winter. Cascade, Centennial, and Chinook. Pine and citrus. Yep. Can't Honoring get much more than that. Everything we have is since. Yep. Uh, is one of the earliest examples of an American-style IPA, one of the few hop-forward holiday beers, famous for its intense citrus and pine aromas. Celebration is bold and intense, featuring Cascade, Centennial, and Chinook hops. Honoring everything we have at Sierra Nevada. The start of celebration season is festive event. They can't brew until the first fresh hops have arrived. So they are 
telling us that this is hops picked straight off the vine, not mm-hmm. dried, but in the process of moving, have been somewhat dried and added to their beer. Okay. From field to kettle. However long it takes them to get from field to kettle, they're saying it's a fresh hop ale. I'm not getting any fresh hop tones to this. I'm getting straight up hop flavors. When well, I, now, well, nowadays... Have you ever... You, you made a fresh hop, Dale. Well, nowadays, fresh hop is so much different than what you would, ex- what you would expect. I mean, for a professional brewer, it's very different. When no, it's say, not. It's not. Well, no, when, the, no it's they, not. And I'll, and I'll tell you this right now. There are a lot of people that tout that they get their hops in as quickly as they can to make their beer for a fresh hop, Dale. When you have a fresh hop ale, the, the ale that you and I made over the summer, okay, back in August when we picked yeah, yeah, yeah. the hops, there was so much green. There was in that beer, but at the same time, I'm not getting any green I, in this. I, I understand that, but at the same time, size is the difference for Sierra Nevada. I don't care what you I, mean. I, understand, you, I understand. I understand what you're trying to say. If you put more green no, hops no, 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 in your no, 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 beer, no. you're going to get more green flavor. I, understand I don't get that. any green flavor in this. But I don't for think it's Sierra a fresh Nevada to create a celebration hop IPA, you can't just say, "Hey, I need 400 tons of fresh hops." Sierra Nevada can't. Lagunitas can. No. Sure they can. There are because they're only fifty five hundred million dollars as opposed to what. Yeah, no, no. I'm just saying there, are, there are, there are, um, there are breweries out there that tout that they're fresh hops that they they select the hops to pick twenty four hours in advance. They pick the hops, they ship them. They're in the beer within twenty four hours and they're brewed. And you can really taste the greenness, the chlorophyll. Chlorophyll does have a flavor. Chlorophyll has a flavor. It's very green. Well, it tastes that, like grass. Within that green... I'm not tasting Within that, that so green light hop... I, I, my whole thing is to create a beer that is as readily available as Celebration or as readily available as Lagunitas beer alone, you can't just say, oh, you know what? You're going to harvest that field tomorrow. Every one of those hops that you're harvesting, I'm going to make one beer tomorrow and it's going to supply all of the U.S., so that we, beer we, that you are brewing. Are we running into a semantics problem here, which is there's a difference between fresh hops, right, which might be fresh, dried, and scent, and wet hops, which is yes. clearly straight off the vine? Exactly. Here it is. Wet hops versus fresh hop. Oh, Son of a bitch. Oh, who's looking it up? <laughs> Over recent years, there have been many confusion about the difference between fresh and wet hops. While it may seem semantics, to us, it's an important distinction. Wet hops are an undried hop picked and shipped from the growing fields within 24 hours. What I was arguing. Yes. Fresh hops are the freshest dried hops that come from the fields, which I also argued in the beginning. I said... But you described them as the same thing. Continue to read because you're wrong. I am not wrong. <laughs> I am not wrong. There is a semantics difference here. Yes, which you were arguing with yourself trying to explain to me. Over 90% of the world's hop harvest happens between August and October 31st. August 31st and October 31st. Which is more than 24 hours. Two months, yes, which is more than 24 hours. Now, it's easy for Matt to laugh at this 
and say, oh, you're wrong. But he was caught up in the moment when I was talking about wet versus fresh hops. When I said wet hops, he didn't really make the distinction. So he's easily said, oh, I was right in this argument when he wasn't. I was right. No, see? <laughs> Uh, throughout the calendar year, hops can possibly be the same from November 1st. Day one after harvest, as they're on July 21st, nearly one year after the growing of fields. The answer is no, they aren't the same. Correct. Yes. We think of hops like dry, uh, like dry kitchen spices. The flavor of thyme rosemary right after the harvest is very intense. Months later, it's not so. The same can be sold or said for hops. And here's the difference. Now, they're getting away with saying fresh hop because it's the first hops pick. So why don't they call it a nouveau? Like they do wine. Grapes because that come off the vine are wine. very nouveau. Yeah. So why don't they say it's, hops it's are Beaujolais of IPA. It's the Beaujolais yeah. of IPA. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, now Matt's saying, yeah, absolutely. But when I was arguing wet hops, he was arguing with me. <laughs> About yeah, we're gonna hops. have to rewind this, and people got to really listen in because what I'm trying. Yep. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is you can't. Not order once did he four say four tons. Of not once. Ton- oh my god. Not once did he say <coughs> that fresh hops and wet hops are different. No, I didn't because we weren't arguing at that point. See, but we were see, arguing see, it I told in- you. Yep. So I'm right, okay. and he's wrong. No. <laughs> you know There's what? Smoke in those hops. You know what? I'm going to. I'm going to agree to disagree and <laughs> celebrate the fact that we have a fantastic, oh, a fantastic <laughs> winter warmer here, sir. No, I know. I'm just busting. Uh, I'm just say good night, boys. Yeah. I'm trying to cause problems. So here. just just as a final note here, not to end Warren's um, losing streak on this argument, but <laughs> to just say the answer is no. We've had oh my god seven beers tonight. Um, shit. Uh, what, Warren, of all of these beers that we've had so far are your favorite? This one. This one? This one. So we've had an old ale. We've had three spiced ales. Harpoon. Yep. yep. We've had... Yep. Oh, my goodness. Um, Coors and Dunk. Coors... Well, no. Not, with, with, Mad with, Elf. Within, the, within... I'm talking about the spiced beers at the moment. We've had... 21st Harpoon, Amendment. 21st Amendment. What was the other one? Wow. We can't even remember what the other one was. We can... It was Harpoon, 21st Amendment, and... You got something fly, Schlafly. Schlafly, yes. Those were our three spikes. Schlafly, the best out of the... No, 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 I'm sorry. No. Fireside. Uh, Fireside. Fireside, yeah. we Fireside felt was the chat. best of those, those 21st spice. 21st Amendment was the best. First two. So we had the Old Ale to be, very begin with. We had the three spiced. Yep. Fireside, we felt was the best of the spiced. Then we jumped over to two spot, two other ales. We had the Coors and Dunk right. and the Mad Elf. Yep, the heavy alcohol content. Heavy, yeah, definitely bigger. Coors and Dunk takes that cake. Oh yes, it was so far. well rounded, yep. very nice in yep. in flavor and everything yep. going on. And then to finish off, we had our Hop Forward Sierra Nevada. If if you're gonna get a Hop Forward beer, Sierra Nevada celebration. Oh, absolutely. Hands, if you're going for hops, if you want a hoppy right beer Bang, for the zoom. winter, definitely Sierra Nevada. Bang zoom right to the moon. And it is fresh hops, not wet hops, as Matt would be mistaken. No, 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 no. (laughs) Whatever. I'm not going to argue that. Coors and Dunk, beyond my favorite. Coors and Dunk, beyond my favorite tonight. Old Ale, fantastic to start off with. Hoppy beer celebration, amazing. Wait, Coors and Dunk. Hibernation. Hibernation. Celebration. Celebration. What? I think you're muted. 
All right. Medicaid. So, so you had hibernation. <laughs> yep. Nope. No. Course and dunk. No, 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 you had hibernation. Hibernation. Hibernation was, was our old. Hey, ale. hibernation yes. was the best old ale of the night. Hibernation that was the only was the old, old ale. ale. <laughs> the only old ale was the best old ale uh, of the spice beers. Fireside chat was fireside the best. chat. Spicy, of, great of, of the high alcohol beers. The yep. course and dunk. Course and dunk. Yep. And and of the hoppy beers. Celebration. <laughs> the only celebration. one that we can. Yep. Celebration. Cheers. Absolutely. Cheers, everybody. Fantastic holidays to all you. Mazel Grab a winter ale out there and uh, follow us again. You know. Merry Christmas. We'll be back next year. Happy fucking New Year. Oh my goodness. We'll and drink enjoy. More, drink know. on. Here's to you. Here's to me. Maybe we never disagree. For if we do, fuck you. Here's to me. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, this- This episode's going to be such a fucking bear to edit. I swear to God, I swear to God, that fireside chat had smoke malt. <laughs>